Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yep. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. And I hope you're having a great Christmas Eve. We sure are, or at least three of these four are. Um, I'm not one of them, but. Welcome to another edition of Grab City. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. I am joined by Philip Lindsay. I don't know how to feel about that. You just threw us under the bus. How you know I'm having a good Christmas? How you know I didn't get up and have like this big existential crisis, man? Like, <laughs> true. that's true. Did you? Did you, Phil? I didn't. But okay. <laughs> just want to make sure. Hey, hold up. What's a, uh, what's the sweater, Phil? That's it. It's a new day shirt. Oh, dope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh, also here is Righteous Reg. Oh, yes, it's me. I'm in the building. It's your boy, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster, media man. It's the end of the year, Christmas Eve. Hope everyone's having a good one, all enjoying all that shit. And if you're not celebrating, I hope you're also having a good one. I hope this is a, just a good weekend for you and you uh, get some coochie. Please. Uh, and also here... <laughs> <laughs> also here... Uh, we have a special guest. It's one you guys have asked for. We've mentioned it numerous times that at some point we are going to have this man here on the show with us, joining us on this Saturday, uh, having a nice little, I guess, Saturday brunch, as he would call it. Uh, it's the one and only Cam Hawkins. Cam. This is not coffee today. in my cup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas Eve. Uh Thank y'all for having me. Um, you know, we get to spend the holidays with people we care about the most. Um, I also get to spend it with some of the guys I respect the most. So, so thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. That's what's Yo. up. We hey, are we interrupting that. brunch time too, man. We we apologize for that. You know, this I know this usually out with a mimosa, a Latina getting it lit. Like that's usually what time it is. Yeah, there, there's still time. There's still time. It's, 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 still right. time. <laughs> it's holidays. It's holidays. It's an early uh, early NFL Saturday slate, so we might be able to make that happen. I'm going to see who's open and make that move. Absolutely. Yo, so as as somebody 
that is uh, new to double-digit follower land. And I've watched you in double-digit follower land not just uh, get into it with many, many people on numerous occasions, but now duck the shilling ac- accusations like your boys. Uh, what has that been like? <laughs> it's, it's so interesting where you got to remember there are people who never heard of you, like ever. Yeah. And so whenever you say something, there's a chance that somebody will treat you like they treat other people. And so me at AEW show that I paid for, um, of all the fun that I had, of, of all the, the moments you see me going crazy and just having a ball, a joke that I thought was a pretty well-received joke about, you know, you feel you either love Judas or can't stand Judas turned into you're not a real wrestling fan and turned into I would never disrespect WWE like that. It's like, well, you don't work for either place and nobody Mm -hmm. at either place even knows you exist. Mm -hmm. Your dollars fold into everybody else's dollars and Mm -hmm. they might wipe their nose with your dollars. And Mm -hmm. why do you have a beard without a mustache? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think what happens is like you, the three of us have like spent time together, like in person. And I think so many people forget that like, we're just like real people. And that you could say what you say in a tweet and it'd be like, oh, that's crazy. You wild. And then have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, tweets are written on stone tablets yeah. um, that you apparently slap people in the face with every time you say something. And the only retaliation is to question your loyalty to something you have no business being loyal to. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Honestly, yeah, And the weird thing is like the Judas thing. Like You just got to have fun with it. Like I, I at Forbidden Door. Uh, the AEW, as some may recall, cut to me on camera with me not singing Judas, wow. and all of a sudden, it like my mentions lit up because uh, they're like, "Why is Will not singing Judas?" And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know exactly. I, I, I thought it was funny, but no. Uh, Twitter, when they seek to just come for you for no reason, and they all of a sudden don't understand humor. When Twitter is mostly people getting jokes off, all of a sudden people don't get jokes when oh, they yeah. decide they want to come for you. Is one of the weirdest things about that app. Um, but you're on the opposite side of the fence as. Uh, ringer guy and i am a bleach report guy so watching people not call you an aw show but a wwe show and a lot of your interviews have been aw guys mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it's the opposite for phil right we're like phil you work for bleacher report and you get uh from a lot of people yeah aw show because uh aw runs on bleacher report but like you've had articles featured on raw right <laughs> That's... doesn't add up don't line up it's and it's I think the best way to describe it is like it's typically like that level of stuff comes from people who one like are anonymous and pride themselves on anonymity but they really come from a position of being holier than thou and i'm gonna call out every single injustice in either company and anybody who not even skirts that, but anybody who wants to tell any other story must be in the pockets of blah, 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 blah. You know, like the worst thing that ever happened to me is uh, them coming out and, and literally writing on the website, uh, the ringer has a working relationship with WWE. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Because the thing is, like, that don't got nothing to do with me. Right, they exactly. Call me into a meeting and say, yo, uh, just so you know, this is who we rock with now. That is no bearing on anything that I do. 
listen, like, don't don't write all. anything negative about these guys. Don't do any of that because nobody is having that conversation with us, guys. I don't know if you guys yeah. realize this. There is no mass email telling us we can't say anything negative about these companies because of some business relationship. That but, doesn't but, happen. But, you know, the odd thing is, in to me, and we'll get into a, a lot of stuff uh, here soon. So the part that, that gets me is I've been doing this. This is about to be year 18, right? And so the people who have been following me a long time, uh, and I get this a lot, you know, it's like uh, from people who are, who have been longtime followers, they'll say, hey, well, I see like you get the, the AEW show stuff a lot. And that's really weird to me because I've been following you for the last uh, 15 to 16 years. Uh, I know some people who have been watching my content for 18 years. I appreciate a lot of you guys. Um, I see some of you in the chat great stuff um but and they'll be like it's weird to me when i hear that or like when i hear you being accused of being anti-wwe in a sense because it's like i've been listening to you cover all this stuff for ages and like i recognize people who are newer to me um don't know my relationship with wwe don't know that look i i reached the burnout point in 2018 and uh i i actively sought um alternatives in a sense because i had just been covering it for so long and it's literally all i covered for so long uh like you know here and there i would cover impact here and there i covered ring of honor but for the most part it was just like wwe was the only thing i was known for and so i made an attempt to cover both uh and that became exhausting i don't know how any of you guys attempt to do that like especially during the wednesday night war uh, i remember cam had both up at the same time having dynamite and rent and uh dynamite and nxt up at the same time and i'm like i i can't even fathom that because <laughs> it was just like uh it, it was too much and so to me it, the last what i think i made the decision in 2020 that i was going to kind of back off of i was like look I've, i have 15 years to my credit of covering WWE stuff. I'm going to actively back off of that for now and focus covering AEW. And so for a lot of people there who have discovered me in the last year, they're like, oh, Will, he's an AEW guy because all he ever talks about is AEW. Yeah, no shit. That was an active decision to start covering mostly AEW. Obviously, on this show, we cover kind of the whole gamut. But like as far as shows that I actively review, it's just Dynamite. I don't even review Rampage. I literally mm. just review Dynamite. And so uh, that's... Yeah. You don't you don't hear us talk about shows we don't enjoy that much on the show. We rarely talk about NXT because I don't watch it. Right. Know. It's a, I, and that that to me is like I said. If you've discovered me in the last year and some change, then yeah, you're gonna see a guy who mostly just talks about AEW and mostly only has like AEW things to say. That's because that was an active decision. Um, well, you guys, a little announcement we made before the show are gonna make the accusations go up pretty immensely from here on sure. out. Not being AEW Shields is about to change, really. I mean, it depends on how you feel. Monday, about, baby. It depends on how you feel how the interview went because uh, I look. Oh no! I gotta it's a screenshot. Like, like yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I know what <laughs> they're gonna not going to listen to the interview. They're just going to detailed, and it's going to be thought provoking. And I, me, person who absorbs these things and looks for inspiration and points, I'm going to love it. Boy, that screenshot of the four of you laughing at the same time, <laughs> you're done. 
done. Oh yeah, that, for sure. You're done. A screenshot of the three of you laughing and him being serious, so it looks like a fake laugh. You're done. It's a laugh. Oh. Oh. Rest. So. Uh, and and I will say that I guess officially, look, we hinted at it for a little bit, but I didn't want to say anything until it was in the can. Um, and now that it's been recorded, yes, this Monday, uh, Grapsity uh, interviews. We just recorded one with Tony Khan. He, it's the longest interview that we've done. Uh, we got a solid ninety minutes with Tony, um, and that we pretty much asked everything that I think. You know, and now that I said that, of course, uh, shout out True God brought to my attention. I, I totally, it was like on the tip of my tongue, totally forgot to ask about Adam Cole. Um, but the, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I had other stuff I wanted to ask, but son of a bitch. Yeah, I know, right? It was like, it was right there. And then he's like, he messaged me this morning. He said, Did you ask about Adam Cole? And I was like, damn, no. And I, it was like sitting there in the back of my mind. Other than that, yes, we do have an interview with Tony Khan that's dropping this Monday. It's 90 minutes, full podcast. Uh, and we, I, I would say it's fairly newsworthy. Somebody asked me for my new um, Mercedes Watch 2020 percentage, and uh, uh, I'll just. Well, that's all I'm going to no, say. This is what I'll say about that. I will drop a new percentage when the interview drops. Right. My last percentage was, uh, I believe, 69. Nice. Uh, but, but I haven't. Uh, updated that percentage. There is a new one, but I think you guys need to hear the interview for the context of that percentage. And so I will drop the new one, but just know that it's been an evolving percentage, right? Because let, let's recap. I believe I said back in October, Sasha slash Mercedes to AEW gave it 2%, right? was what I said. 2% chance of happening. I was like 90% chance wwe she's returning to wwe that's what's happening that's my gut feeling i know that and then of course when she uh wasn't at survivor series and to me there was no greater opportunity to bring her back than survivor series hometown boston massachusetts td garden sold out you're never going to get a better opportunity than that and when she wasn't there i know some people were like well maybe it could be royal rumble i i I, I mean, was like, I, I, but I'm some people, you know. I know, yeah, you, yeah, you were some people. Uh, I heard that from multiple people, though. That was like, oh, maybe it could be Royal Rumble, and I thought, no, like, dude, you really aren't gonna get anything better than the hometown return, though. And uh, and then on top of that, she was at the TD Garden watching a Celtics game four days later, and so I'm like, okay, so she's clearly in the vicinity. One point uh, seven million people. Watch that clip of her just waving at TV Garden. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, I saw somebody, I'm not going to name any names. I saw somebody tweeting, why are we still talking about her? Like, come on. Come on, but, like, stop. But I saw the, the, all of a sudden, that's when my percentage started teeter-tottering, right? It was like, okay. Um, but I still was, I still have my AEW percentage in, in single digits. And then it was like, uh, I was like, oh, maybe she's doing something else. But the WWE percentage was lowering. And I was like, maybe Hollywood, maybe she's doing other things. And then the training stuff started coming out, and then all of that started shifting. Once the, what was it? Then, of course, her trademarks under new names. All of a sudden, it's like, all right, now we're starting to shift a little bit more. Then it's like the Japan rumors. And I'm like, okay, but still, that's just Japan. Like, that's not saying she's she's jumping companies. And then it was the, well, Soraya's got a mystery partner. And then it was like, okay, now we got to jump this over 
60% because uh, and it's in LA and it's in January and the rumor has been January this entire time. Obviously, something's going down, but either way, we we are almost there. But you know what, guys? We also have Super Chats. We also have Humper Chats. Send us your Super Chats throughout the show. Help support what we do here. YouTube.com slash Fightful is where those Super Chats live. Our Humper Chats are at HumperChats.com. You can send those at any point. Want to check out the Super Chat here. This one's from, um, actually, uh, since I brought that up, uh, James Zimmerman said, a regular chat said, uh, happy Christmas Eve, folks. Uh, But Kenneth Love said, why isn't uh or why isn't jade on the fightful woman of the year list she is uh, if i remember if i recall correctly i'm looking at the list right now um the woman's overall performer of the year jade cargill is definitely nominated she was not nominated for best in ring year but i wouldn't have nominated jade for that i think jade has had a phenomenal year in terms of uh presence she's had some good performances she's had some even great performances i think we were um singing the praises of the match with anna jay that she had uh in the main event of rampage mm-hmm. uh but i don't know i don't i still don't think it's a best in ring performer year for her but i think a best overall performer um she should be nominated and she is nominated as far as best overall uh which that category actually just dropped this morning if you haven't gotten your votes in fightfulselect.com get those votes in uh for best overall performer um there's a lot of great nominees in here uh we are i'll reveal my pick on the uh on the show wait huh i just realized diana's on here twice Wonder if Sean realized that when he was putting this category up, but the fix is ta- in. No, that's gonna screw Deanna uh, because it's gonna split that. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna split that vote. Uh, so, oops, yes, Deanna is on here twice. That poll may need to um, get put back up unless we're talking about Deanna from two different companies, uh, which is. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that was a mistake. <laughs> I think she got nominated twice, and somebody didn't realize that she was put in there two times. Either way, definitely get those votes in. Um, a lot of the other categories had some surprising victories. We had yesterday best overall, uh, or not best overall, best in-ring male performer. And I'm not going to reveal who that winner has been, but uh, I think it was a surprising one, at least to me. Uh, I I had who I thought in mind for it, but uh congratulations to that person because it's kind of a far and away victory it would take a lot to uh to change that victory at this point the polls haven't closed but just looking at the disparity i don't know how anybody gets close to the person winning now uh let's see tony p says happy holidays to seahawk and the fightful fam um also i didn't know i wanted willow and ruby to be the first women's tag champs in aew but here we are good tag team i'm Mm -hmm. excited about their match this weekend this week yeah um i mean i'm glad that they they found their way back to them as a team because uh willow wasn't at dynamite the what was it in austin just a week Mm -hmm. ago which Cam, by the way, yeah, well, I tell you what, she was at. Uh, I think you mean the one in Dallas. She was at the one in Austin. She did. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. Dallas. I yeah. Think her and Burt Vixen did a dark match. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she wasn't at the one in Dallas um, because Dallas was the week before. You're right. She was in Austin because she was also, and then she wrestled Ring of Honor, and then she was not at Dynamite, and so they weren't able to run the angle with her and Ruby, and so they ended up just taping some stuff 
for uh, Rampage this week, and then they ended up working Elevation uh, in San Antonio, which you were you've been at two Dynamites in the last month. WWE Shield Cam, AW oh, <laughs> hater. Cam, you know, Cam Hawkins. The building. They get my my hard earned money. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Right, Stanley. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. So either way, I'm I'm happy for them as a team. I ha- I'm happy that they're going to be together as a team. I think that's going to be kind of a cool thing. Um, I think AEW probably should, if they're not already, start kind of ramping up women's tag teams. And it feels like. You know, if you do have, you know, a team like Willow and Ruby and the dynamic of Ruby being kind of a hardened, more serious uh, women's competitor. And then you have Willow, who is kick ass, but also she's got this infectious joy about her and it kind of like annoys Ruby, but in an endearing way. I think that is a good combination for those two. You uh, honestly, I don't think anybody expected Ty J to be together as long as they have been, because that was just kind of a makeshift team from that original women's tag team tournament that ended up becoming exactly what uh, you kind of need for a tag team division. I think, mm-hmm. honestly, I know that's something that people have talked about and that they want to do. Uh, they're pretty close to having, I think, all the elements they need for it. So, um, yeah. And then at, I, least, I've, at least bring back the deadly draw, I think. At least just do another women's tag tournament if you're not going to introduce tag titles. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing was, like, because Cody kept talking about tag titles. Cody kept saying he wanted to see tag titles in the women's division. And when people would ask Cody, like, hey, when are you doing trios titles? He would go, don't you want to see women's tag titles first? Mm-hmm. And uh, the response to that was usually, well, you have trios. You don't really have women's tag teams, so no. But uh, <laughs> I think um, because, you know, I, I think the approach... I didn't necessarily like the approach in 2018 WWE took to women's tag titles mostly because they formed tag teams as a necessity for the belts rather than bringing in belts as a necessity for tag teams. And I think that was kind of the wrong approach to it. I think the tag team should have existed longer. And then you could say, well, now we need women's tag titles. Whereas at the time it was like we brought in these titles and then they were like, hey, do you want to team up? Do you want to team up? How about you guys? And it was like, look, it was really just Bailey and Sasha. That that was the tag team people right. wanted. And so uh, I, I think I would like to see a different approach of, hey, all of these teams exist. They need something to vie for. Uh, that that would be my approach. Right. Uh, Corey says, Britt offered Soraya tickets to L.A. and for her to sit front row to watch. She could take that offer and bring in Naomi and Sasha. Happy holidays. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think, I mean, I think people are like really over, uh, over analyzing the ticket aspect of it. Uh, I keep hearing people go, well, if she picks a partner, who are the tickets for? <laughs> I don't think, I, I think it was just a way for Brit to introduce the idea. I don't right. think the tickets exactly. actually matter at all. <laughs> But I do keep hearing that. I, I have seen the tickets brought up consistently. I, I genuinely don't think anybody involved in that angle, and this is just me guessing, anybody involved in the angle has thought about the tickets beyond uh, them being Bad. a prop for yeah. for Soraya to just get invited to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of tag teams, I just thought about it. Aren't they officially four years old now? Because they were introduced on the Christmas episode, right? Oh, wow. Uh, Women's tag yeah. titles? 
Yeah, wow. that's right, because mm. that was Vince, uh, in, Vince as Santa the, Claus. Santa Claus. Costume. Yeah, that's wow. right. The Santa Claus costume saying, wow. we're going to have women's tag titles in the greatest of all time. John Cena is back. <laughs> I still think, like, there's – they shouldn't be an NXT women's tag team championship. No. There should be just WWE tag team titles. Right. Yeah. Um, they should just be floating titles. Yeah, and uh, it's not the uh, the women that are in NXT aren't like for the style that they're asking them to do. They are not so far behind women on the main roster, and in some ways, some of them are at a higher level to where right. like yeah, that should be like you said, those should be the floating titles. They should exist between both shows, um, and that's a chance for people to get like that exposure. You're already asking them in some aspects to do half the work as a tag right. team. And so it's a way to get the get the crowd familiar with them. Um, it's a way to have, um, you know, meaningful, uh, not just feuds, but just meaningful matches on television that people get to see. And so you don't have things like, bless her heart, a Tegan Knox come back from injury and people say, huh? You right. know what I mean? Like, like there, there are ways to make these people um, just, just more popular, more your audience more familiar with them. They There should not be... If you have eight teams, there shouldn't be two sets of times. It just shouldn't. Right. Tegan has been a part of three tag teams, by the way, and now she is like, what is she doing? Three tag teams. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, like the only reason I can see why they didn't want to keep the idea of floating tag titles around was, um, I, I know for a fact that uh, as far back as like. 2021 i know in 2019 there was this idea of you know nxt third brand kind of deal but i think right around 20 like mid 2020 to 2021 they were like okay vince is very adamant and i don't necessarily blame him for that about there being a hierarchy there needs to be a separation of like you on the main roster are just in a different echelon from the people in nxt and so uh they didn't necessarily want the tag teams of NXT to even seem like they're remotely on the level of the tag teams that are on the main roster. Um, and now that I say that, of course, the New Day won the, yeah. the, yeah. the, the mid yeah, tag titles. I was about to say that, that time's dead. Yeah, it's so, over. Well, I mean, so I, I think it's still true nonetheless. And I think we, we, we see that in various aspects. Look at uh, Braun Breaker, for example, right? Like Braun Breaker seems like a really big deal in NXT. He he is the champion. He is a guy who comes off like somebody who can does dominate that brand. But the two times he worked Raw this year seemed like a fish out of water. He did not seem like he even remotely belonged on that roster yet or in front of that crowd I, yet. I, I see what you did there. You brought up fish. And I, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> No, he, he didn't, though. And I think it like it, it's interesting that watching NXT, it feels like, you know, Braun, you know, Braun's almost there. Right. But then it was like once he was on Raw, you were like, oh, he's got a ways to go. And you don't re and you don't necessarily see that. And I think that distinction does need to exist between NXT and main roster so that there's not necessarily an unrealistic expectation of, oh, somebody who's made it in NXT can make it anywhere because. Mm -hmm. Uh, once you get to that main roster, it's a little bit different, and that's right. not even a not. Yeah, yeah, like you can you can have your Dolph Ziggler's and mm -hmm. your to a lesser extent a Mandy Rose and a New Day go down to play Triple A ball. Um, yes, 
in some ways it's to get their mojo back um, after something went awry. In some ways you want to see how your other talent plays around them or against them. So, yeah, but yeah, going up is a different thing. Once you're up, you should be up. Um, yes. And that should be, that should be standard. Absolutely. And you know, they got guys down there. Um, you know, you got, you know, your, your mellows who, as soon as you want him up there, he's going to be everything you've ever dreamed of. Um, I think that, I think, hell, I think Zoe Stark is like really good. I think mm. she's really good. Um, I don't know if there's a character for her yet that is going to make her anything outside of, hey, I can really wrestle. Right. Um, I think, look, if, if if Ivy Nile and Zoe Stark were one person, they'd be a star. You know Definitely. what I mean? But I think that Ivy Nile has um, a ways to go with 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 character. But gee, who who else looks that good? You know what I mean? Like right. like her physique is insane. Um, they got a few people down there, but I look at like yeah, like a mellow. As soon as you want him up there, I think he can be up there. Actually, they pretty deadly. He's like really really good. <laughs> like they're sneaky good. And then working with New Day, I think is them showing hey, we're gonna have it but yeah going going from down there to just even hanging out on the main roster i do agree i do agree that that's you do see the difference right away absolutely mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i just feel like it's still stupid to have two sets of ta- women's tag I, I do still think that's dumb though. It, it, <laughs> yeah i do still think that part is dumb though mm-hmm. um, okay. uh let's see so we got uh let's go with some humper chats uh let's see Harley Queen says, first time Humper Chatter, missed the live Ask Rhapsody and wanted to say that the only logical song to license for Mercedes and AEW is Bossy by Khalees. The lyrics like are spot on. Okay. Um, That's pretty yeah, good. I mean, you know, we got the, the, the full cover of it for CBO and Flex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. No. Please don't. No. Please don't. Please don't remind me. All right, the, let, we got to answer the question. I want to pose the same question to Cam. It was asked to us in Ask Rhapsody. If you, knowing Tony Khan and his penchant for licensing music, if you had to license a song for Mercedes and AEW, what song is it? Oh, it's that, it's that, that specifically um, a heavily edited Cardi's verse on Glorilla song. Of course. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. I said say Glorilla too. Yeah, I'm like, I'm yo, man. Directly to Hi. like. 2022 that that i went to uh i went to california uh earlier this year and and my old lady she was just playing that gorilla gorilla back to back to back to back i was like yo this is aggressive and can i curse on here i don't know yeah of course yes. you can oh yeah. this is aggressive pussy talk I like this <laughs> I want some this. and so yeah man I, w- I would love that that aggression i think that like boss is a fantastic song I think mm-hmm. it, it fits the bill. I think it's, uh, you know, kind of thumb to the nose at WWE in some ways. And that's yeah. cool. But, like, I think that a big reason people talk about, um, you know, Sasha Banks, Mercedes being there is, and people ask me this, how do you make AEW current? How do you make AEW mainstream? I don't know if you can make wrestling mainstream, but if that's the goal you want to go, go with a hot act right now today. Like, yeah. everything... Nostalgia is great, but everything shouldn't be nostalgia. Something should be in the now. Straight you know up. what I mean? So, like, get get something current. Get get something like some some Glorilla or one of these women that men hate because they're doing the exact same thing. See, men and I, I went with Megan the Stallion for my answer, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. Treat uh, this thing like it's happening right now. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Speaking of Megan, I feel like that's a topic we can't avoid here. Uh, and I don't know that I want to avoid it, uh, because of course, 
a lot of Tory Lanez fans. Uh, I want to say they're, they 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 were real quiet this morning, but they really haven't been. No, uh, they weren't. Quiet. Some of them have been quiet. I, I ain't some seen of, academics say nothing, bro. He been, he been, I watched the stream last night. You, he was he was he was. I've never seen him that sad. Like Ooh. it's. I'm, I'm gonna let y'all go. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, there were a lot of people uh, who I think one were sure as hell they're showing a lot of faith in a system that I thought they. Uh, you thought this is gonna work in favor of a black man, you guys? Come on, yeah. it's just like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, let's I know. Just look at this. There's a lot of faith in the system, and I thought, what, what, are you, what are you thinking here? But also, just uh, on the other side of it, it's uh, a lot of people said uh, who are on the Tory Lane side of things, don't worry, the truth will come out. And what does that even mean? But, but the, you know, the, what's interesting, though, is when people say that, they never actually mean the truth. What they mean is the side that vindicates what I believe. Right. Because as, as far as the ruling is concerned, Tory Lanez found guilty, all three charges, um, looking at 20 years and possible deportation. Uh, and This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. And... It was one of those things where I like almost forgot Tory Lanez is Canadian <laughs> until right. all of this came up. And then uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, deportation. That is exactly how that works. Um, and it's like, so do you still feel that the truth came out? Or did do you now feel that it's all lies? Because mm-hmm. you can't necessarily have it both ways. When we... You guys have been doing this for a long time. I've been doing it for a long time. And... Think about when the topic of Soraya of Paige comes up mm-hmm. and it's about having her in your company or should she wrestle or do you agree with this opinion? And so often it goes back to her sexual history in NXT. Yeah. Like even with 
uh, when she was dating Alberto Del Rio and married or whatever they were, whenever something would go awry with them, it would go back to her sexual history and bad decisions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we exist in this space now where the dumbass kids who couldn't get women based on their features or the respect for their community, they have an internet presence now. And so everything that a woman with any type of autonomy does automatically goes back to it being her fault because she's some type of whore, right? Mm-hmm. And so you saw with with, with Soraya and still to this day, you know, you'll start a conversation about her and you'll see a still of her in the, in the, in the NXT women's title. Right. Or the Divas title or whatever. And right. it's yes. nasty. And so, like, this whole idea that because Meg slept with all these people, it caused an uprising in her friend group, which led to her being shot and she should be held accountable for that. It's like, that's not how any of this works. That's not how this works. No, <laughs> you, should not you don't get, get shot. Like you, you, the a crime was still committed, regardless of how you feel about how she's treating people interpersonally, that, that isn't from a place of violence. And so that's what I think. I think a lot of people who take solace in slut shaming, thought that somehow um the universe was going to reward that mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like yo you 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 got mad and shot the lady because she was fucking somebody or somebody else was fucking somebody and it's like that that that's not justifiable in any court no whatsoever. zero no. courts like, no zero courts, courts in the world that's okay <laughs> yeah so yeah man and, and again like it, it's it's a it's a sad day for men who only have women because of money or views it's a right. sad, sad day for them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I don't feel bad for them. They're going to, they're going to, I don't know, they'll cry into their laptops. And <laughs> they, what really got me, I was watching academics last night and Fresh and Fit are on there and they are just the, yeah. the, the, the best example of this only exists because I found some money and I'm yes. going to milk this for all it's worth. And mm-hmm. it's just... It's nasty. Do I watch it because it's terrible? I absolutely do. I contribute to the problem. But just watching them say, watching them say, like, listen, listen, a lot of people eat Cheetos for breakfast. I don't do that. I just watch bad internet stuff. Yeah. But um, watching them specifically say, well, no man should feel safe now. No, nah, I feel pretty uh, safe. Oh, uh, come on. Yeah, I, I feel Look, I ain't shooting nobody. Like, yeah. I think I feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good that I'm not going to get so mad at a woman for choosing somebody outside of me once or twice or 48 times mm-hmm. is going to lead to me pulling a gun on her. Like, I, I do not think right. that those are going to be my expectations of situation at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I don't know. Also, but I'm still going to listen to 48 Floors. It's like my favorite jogging <laughs> song. Um, it's fantastic. The breakdowns are amazing. Uh, but no, like, enjoy prison because you shot a lady in the foot. I don't know what you want me to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really understand Fresh and Fit in there their existence as people that hate women and that's kind of their market. That's their brand. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand that. Um, it's kind of in the same vein as the Kevin Samuel stuff. And I just don't really get the, I don't get the appeal of it. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I just think there's no real winner in this whole situation because I, I, I even if you don't think that Tori shot her, um, which all the evidence seems to suggest that he did, um, mm-hmm. No, he's moving crazy. Um, I, I don't. I, how do you, how do you go to a party in California? Not your, not where you're from, by the way. Um, and you're at like the whitest of the white cloud chasers' houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you are potentially with two women that you have had sex with and they both don't know this like right. all that that scenario in itself is crazy and then on top of that you're drinking in the in the process and you have a gun on you right no all of that is crazy <laughs> like oh, no. it, and so even if you think he did not shoot this woman no he was extremely irresponsible and he put those women in a bad situation there's yeah. no way of getting around that like a budding rap star like the future of the whole business like he put all of her shit like in a predicament because he's wild and you know he's a wild you know napoleon complex young rapper nigga it's like you can't it yeah, just uh, it's just bad all around like you're saying on both sides it's, it's just it, not it's, good it's just sounds crazy and I, I i think that when you hear people on that side say that the truth was going to come out i think they thought that they were going to expose this side of megan that people didn't know mm -hmm. and people were going to come out of this like oh well she's an awful person hey you know you can get into this uh, whatever. She may have done things that night that did make her look good, but she didn't deserve to get shot. Mm -mm. <laughs> like, there's, no, mm -hmm. like, so I think all of this looks really bad. And I'm not saying that there's no winner in this to say that Megan comes out of this looking bad. But I do think that Megan is going to have to deal with a lot of the nonsense of this for a long time. And this isn't going to be something that goes away just because he was found guilty. Um, I just feel bad for her. I feel bad that she has to deal with this. Um, and all of the stuff that Tory had going during the pandemic just immediately went away because he just made some bad decisions. Yeah, sucks. Uh, Wonga05 sent in a super chat, says, It's already Sunday down here, so Merry Xmas, fellas. Been fun listening each week since I found out about the show in April. Thank you, Wonga, for listening That's awesome. for the last. Thank you uh, so much. Yeah, eight months. Thank you. Appreciate it. Small Snippets of Life says, Reg, are flips better than fists? Come on. It's Christmas, of course. One million percent. I'll take flips every time. <laughs> flips over fists. I don't care. Hey, man. Y'all got, got this. This is, this is, uh, this is uh, been a long time coming as a, as a big-time Young Bucks defender yep. in Righteous Reg and a, mm -hmm. I don't want to say anti-Young Bucks guy. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, Young Bucks detractor, I will say that. We're on and, two sides of the fence, for sure. Two sides and, of the fence. And, and, you know, a known Uso guy, so. I'll tell you what. Um, I was at Dynamite on Wednesday. We talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, wasn't the biggest fan of, of, of Game 4. And I think the biggest thing about it, what what I'm realizing is it was game five this week, by the way. It was game five, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pivotal game five. Mm -hmm. it, that's meant to be seen on television. You know what I mean? Like I went back and looked at it and and appreciated it more. That specific style is meant to be seen on television. Um, okay. I, my biggest thing is this, and I, I feel like I've we've talked about it and I've expressed it. It not being my thing in particular doesn't mean it's not very good and very effective. Right, and I think that of that style they're the absolutely the best at it like there's there's no question in that but man i just want to see somebody hit the fucking face sometimes <laughs> you know what i mean like uh of course a, a huge usos fan i think they're amazing and great and, and all that but i tell you what when i look at a guy like julius creed and nxt that's what jump jumps off the page at me big athletic throw you around come in like a house of fire a million miles an hour and can do all the stuff. Like I was a 
huge into American Alpha, like back when that was the jam, uh, but more into American Alpha than I was DIY or AOP. Like I, I'm kind of specific with that. Um, love how far Angelo Dawkins has come when I watch the Street Profits. I think they're really good. Flips are dope. I love flips. Flips are cool, man. I just... If, if I have to choose one, you not leaving your feet and punching somebody and suplexing them across the arena, huh? that's what I want to see. So, they're, they're, they're so, so you should be an FDR fan. Oh, well, oh, well listen, I tell people all the time, FTR paid my rent a couple of months ago. Of course <laughs> I'm an FTR fan. So, um, you know what's interesting to me, though? I, I will say this. Um, as a fan of both FTR and, uh, and the Young Bucks, because I people know this about me. If it pleases a crowd, that to me is the most effective thing in pro wrestling. That's the only thing I care about is that yep. if you're getting crowd reactions, because if you're doing your style and at the end of the day, like, I'm like, well, this is good, but like, you're getting no reaction, then that shit sucks. Like, mm-hmm. that's the, that, that's the end of it for me is that the biggest things in pro wrestling are the things that, that move a crowd. And at the end of the day, I have yet not ever seeing a crowd not move for the young bucks and so at the end of the day that to me is the most effective thing they do that rampage um, um that rampage months ago where it was them and the lucha brothers in la uh that, yeah ontario yep yeah that, June. that solidified it for me and again I'm, I'm somebody who did not see them a whole bunch before AEW started um mm-hmm. and then i wasn't every week AEW guy at, at at first until it's like oh like this is really a thing this is required like we need to make sure we're paying attention to this but when i saw how the crowd reacted to like that match and the, the cage match i was just like whatever i'm saying let me make sure i adjust the way that i'm saying <laughs> because they are su- like that's the thing if you're super serving your audience it's good like yeah, there's yes. there's no two ways about that Personal taste got to go out the window if you see it working. Well, and so uh, I look at it this way as somebody whose personal taste kind of can go either way. Like I said, love Young Bucks, love FTR. Um, The reason for me that overall, I think this year it's a FTR over Young Bucks year easily. But overall, the reason I'm still Young Bucks over FTR is put simply. When you think about what both teams are the best at. I believe that the Young Bucks accomplish what they're looking to accomplish more often and more consistently than FTR has at trying to accomplish what they're looking to accomplish. And what I mean by that is that when you think about the Young Bucks and having crowd-pleasing matches and things along those lines, very few misses as far as they're concerned. When you look at the young but or when you look at FTR and the type of matches that they have, when they hit, they hit, right? We're talking about the Briscoes just a couple months or just a couple weeks ago. Probably my match of the year. But they've also had some misses. FTR has had quite a few misses. Uh when they were in there with yeah, Santana. Not that or, many this year. No, not that not that many this year, but you know, they are one of the few teams that's had some misses with the Lucha Bros. They're one of the few teams that's had some misses with Santana and Ortiz. And what I mean by that is the Young Bucks style computes with everyone they get in the ring with, including FTR. Mm-hmm. FTR style doesn't necessarily compute with everybody. 
And so it's like you got to put them with the best team, the best team that complements their style for it to work. And when it does work, it works. But when it comes to the Young Bucks, you put them with literally anybody. You put them with FTR. You put them with Santana Ortiz. You put them with Butcher and the Blade. Their shit just clicks with everybody that they tie up with. They're the greatest of all time. I mean, <laughs> the, young, the Young Bucks are more giving as a tag team. I think that they're, they allow the other team to get their shit off more. But like I said, FTR's had some duds. When they're not duds, they're great. But they have had, you know, the first time that people walked away from that Lucha Bros match and were like, why did that suck? Well, that shouldn't have sucked because Lucha Bros are great. FTR is great. What happened? And I I, sucked, though. It had, it, it, had, it had a rough ending. But then we learned that somebody got hurt in that match, and that was why um, yeah. ultimately they uh, – but we didn't find that out till later. But at the time, it was like, why didn't this hit? There's something was off here. I think there's a lower degree of difficulty for the Young Bucks. And what I mean is moves that don't go 100% correctly are not held against them. I think that they're attributed to their style. And so, hey, I did miss this Meltzer driver by three feet, but (laughs) castles, yay! Yeah. Um, I, I, am yeah. I being hyperbolic? Yes. No, a little but, bit. A little bit. But what I'm saying is, like, I, I think that when you pioneer a style, which they very much have, I think when you pioneer a style, that um, so you are given more grace when things don't hit perfectly, and when you're not marketed as a team that's supposed to be crisp and exact like an FTR is. You know, there's a difference in the marketing. Um, I think that the Bucks are smash mouth in a, I don't know, kite when it's really windy style. And I think that you know, they're, given, they're given a little grace when, when everything isn't 100% perfect. But I think that's a part of their charm. I, like, I, am, I am going to completely rebut that they've been given <laughs> grace because they have not been given grace on a lot of things. Um, well, the people who don't like them aren't going to like well, them. Well, wait, hold on, though, <laughs> like, because we, 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 we've seen a lot of allegations about their matches not being good storytelling. It's just spot fest. And that has never been true. Which is not true. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of people that have these like notions about the Young Bucks as a tag team and as people that people just run with no matter how many times it's been proven false. How, right. li- I mean, look, I still have not gotten over that we had to listen to for days people accusing them of uh, cultural appropriation based off of that sneaker shopping episode. And we've seen numerous white wrestlers go on this show and didn't have the same thing said about them at all. It, it's just completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... You think they be selling stories, Phil? <laughs> yeah, they do. They uh, First off, I am going to say that... Um, <laughs> I am going to say... The and I've been saying this for weeks. And I'm going to keep hammering this in. The best of seven series to me has been some of the best storytelling in professional wrestling today. And a big piece of that is that if you can get a narrative across without a promo, if you can get a narrative across without a backstage segment, if you can get a narrative across without 
any words being said, to me, that's the best narrative you could possibly get across in professional wrestling when you've let the wrestling tell the story. And mm -hmm. for five straight matches, they have let the wrestling tell the story that people have walked away from that going, okay, I know what's going on. I know that there's a story of this hammer. We know that there's a story of the, uh, that the Lucha Bros have cheated at every turn that the young bucks and Kenny can't seem to get ahead of these guys and that they've had to change the game in order to uh to make things work also you have the story of ray phoenix not necessarily being fully on board with cheating but knowing that it works so why not go with it you have the story of nick jackson's ankle you've had the story of matt jackson having to be the savior here you've had the story of kenny having his triumphant comeback but uh at the same time he's not been able to score a pinfall in any of this all of that narrative has been told throughout the matches they've been playing making references back to each match they've been telling a story in the ring without having to say a word and the fact that people even get that and pick up on all of it, I think is a testament to true quality storytelling in a ring. Can I tell you why I don't like the internet, Will? And I'm not repeating anything you're saying. Mm -hmm. Phil said what he said, and I asked the question, you think they'd be telling stories? And Corey in the chat said, nasty take, see? What was my take? My <laughs> <I didn't laughs> take is a question. <laughs> and, 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 and yes, I do think they tell stories, I, not just in, I this, in the series. To, and that's the thing. I defer to the experts with stuff like this. Um, yeah. I, and do I, I, do yeah. I think the Young Bucks have the very best publicists in the entire world? Absolutely. Do they? Boy, um, you guys can tell the tale. But I'm not refuting anything you're saying. Like, I, smart people sit back and watch these things and explain to you what's going on. And you say, okay. Um, but, yeah, I didn't. There was no take. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. This, this, no, it's just a question. And, and, and I, I do think they tell stories. I think that this idea that they don't has gotten kind of over-exaggerated. Um, I, but I also think that there are things that they do very well that some of their haters don't give them any credit on. But a lot of those people don't watch Young Buck matches. They just have this idea of who they are based on this reputation they created before AEW existed. Um, because for a long time, they were presented as anti-WWE guys in a lot of ways, not just because of things they were saying, but because of their style of wrestling. And so a lot of WWE fans don't like them for that reason. And it isn't based on, you know, anything that's real about their style of wrestling. They just decided, no, they're the enemy. And yep. so, you know, a lot of these takes that people throw at them, you could throw at other tag teams but they don't because they're not presented as the enemy i think but, like when we talk about the young bucks everybody knows like i'm like the biggest adam cole fan on the planet and there ain't that much separation between them. now i no. think that my thing with adam cole is i think he speaks truth to power and like there's just a he is my type of jerk to where i know how <laughs> good i am but i don't want you to be good too like i love mm -hmm. him i think adam cole's amazing I think that the best story the Young Bucks have told was deferring to Adam Cole in a way and then the problems between them and Red Dragon. Like, I, I, the Young Bucks tell a very good story. To me specifically, when they're the focal point of it, it's not my favorite thing. But, like, I like what's going on with them and the Lucha Bros. I think that, like, two things. I think the hammer thing wore itself out for me around match three. Like, I think that that... I actually agree, but if this was a best of five, I'd probably be way more into what's going on than it being a best of seven. Um, and I didn't like how I think it was at the Austin show how Kenny at the end. I know I'm out of breath, 
but I'm going to give you a whole bunch of words about why Exposition. this is you. And I'm like, dog, I, I see it. Just do it. Like, I don't need to hear all that. But no, no, no. Um, they, um, the intricacies of what they do as a team that is new to me and isn't necessarily my style, I need people like Will Washington and Phil Lindsay and Righteous Ridge to explain to me what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, admittedly, like you, you tell me that's what's going on and I'm going to look at it through that lens. They're, they're, they're fine. They're fine, Reg. They're See, just, that changes you, you, my you, whole perspective. Yeah. I didn't know that you were a new Young Bucks fan. I thought, I've been, <laughs> I've been watching these guys wrestle since 2000. But I, I thought I thought that was pretty clear. Oh, a lot a lot yeah. of people that don't like them are new fans. They're new yeah. to it. They're new oh, to no. They're new you, to you, you, me trying to explain, oh, Twitter, how does this guy have a job <laughs> in wrestling when he hasn't been watching Japanese wrestling since 1998? Yeah. He's not up at 4 a.m. with the rest of us. What do you kiss my ass? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> I hate those takes. That shit's wack. Oh, you, you know what's interesting to me? And, and see, and on the other end, because because I love listening to people. I love listening to people's perspective. And for those who've been following me long enough, I'm gonna take you guys on a journey back to the 2019 RBR Year End Awards. And people will recall we did uh, de- sorry, not Year End Awards, the Decade End Awards. Um, going into 2020, and I had some exposure to the young bucks because i watched a lot of impact but it was mostly like generation me stuff right but i hadn't really gotten into a lot of uh what they had done with the bullet club what they had done ring of honor what they had done that's all stuff i got into like hindsight boredom in the pandemic but um we were doing our decade end awards i had given my tag team of the decade to the usos and it was actually Maxwell oh. Bombach. <laughs> Maxwell Bombach had actually given Tag Team of the Decade to the Young Bucks. And uh, he made a compelling argument to me as to why he believed it was actually the Bucks. And he was like, look, the, the Bucks actually pioneered the style that you're giving the Usos credit for, Will. And I was like, um, uh, and, and I, again, I, I, everything, all the points I made about why I thought it was the Usos maxwell had kind of hammered into me as to why it was actually the bucks and so i was like you know what maybe i disagree but i don't necessarily know that i can fully say that so then i went and i was like all right especially in those pandemic months you don't have shit else to do i went back and i watched a lot of stuff uh people are like will i don't remember you being so like up on bullet club history it's because i watched the entire history of the bullet club in like two weeks um and so that was I went back 2014 to to now, and I, I, I'm pretty fairly caught up on a lot of that stuff. Uh, and so for me, it was like I came away from it going, I had the wrong idea about the Bucks that entire time. And mainly it was because, like, Generation Me was really all I knew. And there was some good stuff in that's that time a, period. That's a crazy thing to know them for, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Watching them now and only that. know Generation Me is kind of crazy. Look, um, look. Because that's a name. Yeah, that was the thing. Was I knew the Young Bucks is two young dudes whose last name was Buck, but uh, Max and Jeremy Buck, right? And that was, uh, but that was what I knew. And so to to kind of have all of that kind of embedded in me, and then I was like, okay, now watching what the Young Bucks do. Um, and again, like I said, my all-time favorite match is still Kenny and Hangman versus the Young Bucks. Like that match did a lot for me in terms of. Uh, storytelling in terms of action, in terms of crowd pleasing, did everything I could want a match to do. And now 
I, I looking at it all, I'm like, okay, I could definitely see this is one of the most influential it's, tag teams. That, pretty much. Is that your favorite Young Bucks match? Or just I mean, it's my favorite match. Period. Like, I, that's my boredom watch. That is my. I need something on in the just. All right, I'm in a bad mood. Let me throw on a match that I know is going to make me happy. I'm going to throw that on. It's it's usually that or like WrestleMania 30s ending. Um, if you give me just those last five minutes of Daniel Bryan making Batista tap out, uh, that's one of those that'll put me in a good mood. But it's either that or I'll throw on Revolution just to get that match in. I watch it all the time. At least I've probably watched it like twice a month for the last two years. And uh, you know what? The street, I think about that. You said that WrestleMania moment. That moment, this is gonna sound crazy. I was there live, and that moment didn't hit as hard as it should have because the streak fucked us all <laughs> up. So, like, I was still just like, we were all just sitting there, like, what? So, still, this right. like, what just happened? It was very confusing. Like, Can I tell you that's a confusing moment? Watching at home, I've also watched the streak ending back. I've probably seen that a thousand times. That is the funniest shit. That was real. Funnier in pro wrestling than that one, two, three, and that sound of the crowd. Like everybody just sitting down, like, all right, he's going to kick out. What the fuck? Like, I, every time I watch it, I find somebody different's face. And uh, I just focus on that one person to see how they react and how all of a sudden they're like, wait, 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 wait. Undertaker's not undefeated. No Brian Danielson is my favorite wrestler. I loved him, and at that moment, I'm just like Undertaker, though, dude. What happened? Like, what, <laughs> what, what the hell happened have, here? Whoa, how times have changed. Uh, um, yeah, they changed a lot. Speak, so, speaking yeah. of matches in person, were were you at the match where the Young Bucks uh, faced the Golden Lovers in Long Beach, Rich? No, I was not at that show. God, oh. Every time something great Phil, happened, weren't you at that match? I was like at a, no, on a cruise I, or something. Something crazy was going on. I, I wasn't there, but that is, to me, one of the greatest Young Buck matches ever. Yeah. Uh, but I just assumed you were there because that's Long Beach. That's like right across from you. Mm-hmm. Anytime no, wait, a Phil, cool New Japan show yeah. happened, I was something was going on. It's weird. Yeah. Hey, well, we got a question real quick. I just got a question. Mm-hmm. Does Ray J make better music than Kanye because he hit it first? <laughs> Come on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on. Wait. Out. Wait. It's just a question. No, but I feel like that's a different. I, I feel like that's a different. Uh, I feel like that's a different question, though. Hold on. Wait a minute. I, I want to I answer this question, though, because I don't think that I don't think anybody talks about Ray J for that reason, though. Like, I feel like. Ray J kind of has like an underrated body count. Like, I mean, it's not. It's not underrated. He's, he's outside. He's outside. He's outside. He's outside. <laughs> so, he, he, I, I think what makes oh, wait, it wait, underrated wait. is Reed. that it's Ray J. Um, well, first off, what the hell does any of that have to do with the music? Just, like, okay. <laughs> but that's where I was going with this. That's where I was going with this. So, you said no, right? Okay. So I'm I'm saying no because it, him hitting it first. That's just listen. We we know Ray J's body. Like, I mean, pause or whatever. But it's. <laughs> Um, but Listen, if you hit it first and then the guy that comes behind you hits it exactly like you did, then something's going on. Like, you, know you can at least be like, look, he watched my tape. Up. I know he did. Do I know, <laughs> I know he watched my tape. Somebody in the chat did kind of um, did kind of put it together. And, and I'm, I'm going to miss the analogy perfectly. But like, who was the first pass catching running back? Like who could really do it? 
Um, there's there's a name that I'm not going to think about, right? But when Marshall Fox when Marshall Fox started doing it, it was like, oh, we can just line him up as a fifth receiver, and they don't got a linebacker who can cover him. And it wasn't years and years and years till it was like, okay, we got to keep a nickel out here all the time, right? I think that if 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 we give the Young Bucks credit for the Uso style, which is perfectly fine. I'm not refuting history, right? Me seeing that with guys 20 pounds heavier, where it looks to me like them kicks and punches hit a little bit harder, that's going to appeal to me. You know what I mean? Listen, so, like, it's, so, uh, you can absolutely pioneer something and be great at it, and then somebody remix it a little bit or add a different flavor to it. And even if that flavor is just my shoulders are a little bit wider and then I talk a little bit blacker, right? That's <laughs> going to be for me. Like, okay. I got yeah, you. No, I, yeah. I understand. And that works. But like you went to a show the other day because mm-hmm. of these two guys. Fuck you. I you did had, what? You went to the I other. Did you, what? You, went to other <laughs> you went to an AEW show because of these two guys. There, oh, we, there wouldn't be that show, show without because those of guys. Them? Yeah. The show yes. exists because of those guys. That was another thing for me. And the other guys yeah. are the sidekicks of the main guy. No doubt. No doubt. And that was another thing for me, too, as far as the effect that they have on the crowd. The fact that this, this show exists between... because of these guys. Okay. Not, they yeah, didn't no, I, got, I got one. I, I got one of Uso's question, by the way. Real quick, one... real quick, Will. But just, okay. to, just, yeah. to, just to say it, I absolutely acknowledge that this company exists because of what the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega brought to wrestling. Ain't no doubt about that. Like, I, I listen, respect to the creators. Like, ain't, ain't no, there's no way around that. You got to show love to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. But guess what? I'll cross James Naismith over right now. He won't know what it is. Okay? <laughs> All right? All right? You don't know nothing uh, about these moves, Danny. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got we got other stuff we got to get to. By the way, I appreciate this conversation. No, this is great. I, shit. I, I just I don't know, man. All, all of the I can I don't believe the young bucks can really fight stuff. Never really, I never really understood that's that like, debate. Man. It's mainly look, look, and the, and the reason I, I I agree with that side of it is because you know who else I don't believe can really fight but has positioned himself like he can. Triple H, that man does not come off like somebody who could actually fight. You, 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 try, you try to say H ain't got hands? Like, no! No, he does not move like somebody who looks like he's got hands. But at the same time, hey, he he has been able to position himself as the toughest guy on earth. And uh, so at the, at the end of the day, I'm like, look, it's pro wrestling. Uh, there have been plenty of guys who... Paul Orndorff beat Vader's ass. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Matt Jackson. Hey, listen. Matt Jackson won me over when he hit like five uh, Northern Lights suplexes in a row. Because mm-hmm. my thing, as much as I want to fight, it's I like run fast, jump high guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's an athlete. Like this isn't oh, just okay. jumping from high places. He's an athlete. Then yeah, yeah. Nick is that guy. I'm then. respect, like where respect is due. Like they, they don't like they can fight, but. When you look like you could get out there, you can get to the gym and do some stuff, even if it's just you jumping around on some mats. I'm like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the other thing I will say, so we can move on, is that I think that uh, <laughs> some people that are just now becoming Young Buck fans, or they only know them from AEW. I can get not understanding the appeal because that first year of them in AEW isn't indicative of who they were in right. Ring of Honor or New Japan. Right. And I think them coming in and trying to give other guys space to 
uh, move up the ladder first and put other guys over, it made them look like they weren't that special to some people. But nah, it, it, it is interesting that um, when AEW started, everybody was kind of levying the accusations at them of like, okay, we know what's about to happen. They are gonna book themselves in in all these positions, and then like everybody said we're not going to do that and almost went too hard in the opposite direction right like the young bucks came in and were like we're going to lose to private party in the first dynamite match we have as a tag team and then we're going to turn around and lose to santana and ortiz at the first pay-per-view and then uh we at the first pay-per-view after dynamite and then uh it was like okay kenny and hangman they even lost to a makeshift tag team and those guys uh and they were just kind of left and right like not taking the top spots. Everybody thought Kenny was going to come in, take the top spot, be champion. He eventually was champion, but it took a year and a half for that to happen. And it was like, nah, Kenny came in and he actually put over Moxley. He put over Pac. He put over Jericho, which I don't know how you put over Jericho, but either way, Jericho yeah. beat him. Um, but that didn't happen. Cody was the same deal where everybody was like, all right, we know what this is. Cody's going to make himself champion. We know what this is going to be. And it was like, nah, he actually made sure he can't be champion. And yeah. how'd that work out? <laughs> and that was back in WWE. Um, and so I guess point being was, uh, I don't know, just take the shit as it's worth. It's uh, on TV. We got yeah. a bunch of Humper Chats, though, that I got to yeah. get to um, because we got a big one. Thank you so much, Jennifer. This one, uh, she says, happy holidays, gents. Making some holiday lasagna and crab rangoon for the fam. So can't be in the chat, but want you all to have a, uh, have the best. First off. Thank you Christmas, so much, Jennifer. That's amazing. It's beautiful. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and the food sounds bomb too. Like, I'm yeah, I know that, that's what I mean. The food sounds bomb. Crab, yeah, no, yeah. Jennifer, I'm trying to pull up with Jennifer and get some mm-hmm. holiday lasagna and crab rangoon from home. Oh, yeah. What? That sounds bomb. Wait, did you ever ask your your question about the Usos? I've been sitting here thinking that. Did you say I have a question for you about? Oh the Usos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my my question about the Usos is, uh, is it's a two part question. <laughs> okay, media scrum will. Okay, come on, ready. <laughs> two part question. Number one. When the Usos listen to rap music, do you think they say nigga? And two, yes. would you be mad if they did? One, yes, they do. <laughs> and two, dude, are you mad? Like, if you were just sitting around, y'all, like, y'all were just sitting there listening to music, and then all of a sudden. Listen. <laughs> I have maybe had to have a conversation in the last 18 months or so um, with someone who maybe shouldn't always rap the lyrics to songs um mm-hmm. it was a good conversation um oh yeah you out. got caught up into some little controversy i remember everything's there was a video. Out, yeah. uh-huh. everything's worked out better um mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of people i mean you got to be told you know what i mean like i'm do you, you know, though i'm from san antonio i'm from san antonio texas and so there's a lot of people who it was just always what they did because it's always what they did um, and they're receptive to being like, nah, that's not what we do. Uh, but- Listen, I live in the yeah. Bay Area, California, with a lot of Samoan brothers, and uh, it'd be you, like <laughs> you tell somebody that's four hundred pounds and six feet eight, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. Could be rough, but I, I, I've been. <laughs> listen, I would, I would, I would absolutely think it wasn't cool if we had a conversation about it and it kept going. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, like. Like, bro, like you do whatever you want to do, but when we kicking it, it can't be that, you know. Um, but do I think so for sure? You saw Roman, 
you know and and, it's, and what's crazy it's not just like it's not just them being Samoan or Polynesian from wherever. It's a bunch of guys who were in college locker rooms yeah. and sometimes pro locker rooms. And you got the Usos who was training out there in Houston. It's a lot. It's a lot. Right. And so did they get it honest? I think so. Should they do it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely not. I will say that I do believe because, um, again, there's nuance to everything. I do think there is such a thing as nigga entrapment. And I do believe, honestly, <laughs> that... No, it's true. Look, honestly... Nigga entrapment I, is a wild. Yeah, because I think that... If you are a black artist and you are doing a white artist song, I think it is... Yeah. I think it's actually entrapment to use the n-word on a white artist song mm. um, because at that point like for example we'll take uh all the artists who have done songs with g easy right and dropping the n-word on g easy songs but it's like at the same time g easy's got like all these white girl fans that are just crazy about g easy gonna learn all these g easy songs I feel like it's kind of entrapment to then put the n-word on a g easy song it just to me it is I think that it's like at that point You've got these little white girls who are just learning all these songs, and all of a sudden they're like, it just comes through. And I'm like, it's kind of entrapment. You can't do that. Like, at the same time, I'm still, again, entrapment at the end of the day, there's still a crime well, that they did. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I will say this to this Have you ever been in a crowd at a GEZ show? No. <laughs> Why would I let, let me show? let me tell you right now that there are a lot of people in that crowd that they don't need a black person to hop on this song <laughs> to encourage them to say it. No, 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 no. I've been waiting. <laughs> no, 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 I don't believe that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. Touche. No, that that, that, that pitchfork crowd? Nah, bro. Nah, I don't believe that. That's nah, the, the, the crowd that goes to Kanye concerts that has been wanting to say it anyway? Nah, no, no, no. They didn't even spend to Paris. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Ever. They don't have passports. They don't know what the Sean Dillige is. <laughs> exactly. All right. We got uh, Tony P says, with Jade five wins away from 50, do you have her win the 50th and drop the belt ASAP or win a few more? Um, also, who do you think she will realistically drop it to? I mean, we get this question like every week. Vroom, vroom, um, vroom, and... vroom, vroom. What sound does a Mercedes make? Vroom, 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 vroom. Uh, well, Tony also <laughs> follows up with, plus, if Mercedes is the mystery partner, should the tag match start the show or end it? I've been thinking about this quite some time. Um, I would end it. Uh, I think that if you, if you can mm -hmm. keep that. But at the same time, I think about CM Punk, right? And how that was like, I think you had to get start out of the way at the start of the show. You had to start the show, get CM Punk out the way, and, and go. But I think this is one of those things, a mystery partner type angle, where you could probably get people hyped the entire time like i think sure. about kenny's return uh just back in uh august um i think you could probably keep people on their toes the entire show i would end it to be honest end uh it. in la end it with it mm. yeah i don't know because it's gonna be a big pop if that's the case if that's who it is um yeah i think i would open the show with it um uh, just because that's just gonna be a huge moment um by ending the show, credits roll. Mercedes is in the ring. 
apparently, I don't know, could be or whatever. If this is a scenario we're talking about, that's crazy. Like ending the show with her right there in the middle of the ring. Uh, the, like to me, I would say, because one of two things. If but they do have a- that ladder match that, that's supposed to apparently happen. Oh, yeah, them. yeah. Because there's supposed to be a ladder match. So like, yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I would say if they're able to drop any hints about it beforehand, like say January 4th, they're able to, the, the week before, drop some hints about Mercedes, I'd say end the show because then you got the hype going all that whole time. If it is one of those things where it's not mentioned whatsoever, then I go the other way because you could use her to open the show and then essentially grab people's attention with the rest of the show. It's pretty much how you want to build it, but it's going to be a big show, like regardless. Um, because people saw my percentage drop this week when Tony Storm came out to help uh, Sheeta. And, uh, but at the same time, I don't know. I, they, anything they, still can happen. Like, anything can still those happen. Those guys over there got a lot of money and they could change your mind with a lot of money. So you the, never the, there's, know. I, I think they know who it is at this stage, though. But again, watch the interview with your boys and TK and then we'll, we'll know yeah. for sure. I actually uh, have a question. I, I think 50 is the way to go. Uh, get get a nice round number. Yeah. You got to so, get her to 50. Like at this point, she's sitting at 45. There's no reason to end it here. I think uh, 50 is going to be a hard number to top for anybody. Yeah. And it's, it's a cool number. You, you got to get her all the way there. Mm-hmm. Jason says, Grapsity, Merry Christmas and holi- happy holidays, my dudes. What are some of your Christmas traditions? Also, if you had to give a wrestler slash wrestling personality Cole in his or her stocking, who would you choose? Um, Jobber from WCW is definitely getting Cole in his stocking. Um, um, yeah, as, uh, of this, my, as of this week, Lacey Evans is getting the biggest Cole Get out of here. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Max Caster um, is, <laughs> is my pick for uh, dropping references and raps and then not following up on it. When asked about it, Max Caster. Mm, um, and Dr. Smoke. Mm. Yes. <laughs> but but uh, as far as uh, – what about you, Cam? Who's your um... – I love everyone equally. Everyone's fantastic, and nobody's had it. So everybody's getting cold. Fuck them. Wrestling. Uh, I probably, I probably give my man JD to cold man. Mm-hmm. Um, it just. Oh, uh, oh, we, you really wanted that for wrestling personalities? We can do that. Yeah, I, I think I give JD to cold man. I, I think he just. Um, boy, you, you, re- when you find out how they really feel about you, it ain't the time mm-hmm. to get sad. <laughs> that, ain't the, that ain't the time to hide your hands and woe is me. Um, you know the energy you give off. You know what you bring to the table um, outside of jokes. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, just watching him. Why would they say that about me? Why would they say it about me? Well, we have a mountain of evidence as to why. <laughs> you right. might be the one, like, everybody can't tell the joke. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't make the comment because then you get the, I know you ain't talking. Right, exactly. And then, and then they're talking about your mother all of a sudden. You're like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So so cold to the guy, man. Um, <laughs> and I would say Lacey Evans, too. I think that way back, because I be knowing what I'm talking about, when they first did the repackage, I specifically said, look, I do not know her political leanings, but this is a Republican origin story if I've ever seen <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> 
and they and they were dogging me. They were mm-hmm. on like, what is, what do you mean? And this is just a feel good America. I'm like, guys, you, you're not understanding. Mm-hmm. White people bootstraps ain't the yeah. story you think it is. It ain't, <laughs> I, it ain't. Nah, I, 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 I told people on this podcast when those things first started airing, I was like, now nah, you can hear I'm proud to be American playing in the background. Yeah, nah, this, exactly. This well, honestly, I think, see, and I was on the side of, you can see it. So just like lean into it. I think, honestly, look, we've been repackaging Lacey Evans for the last four years, right? Oh, she came no. out to, 2019 she's been coming to the ring but she did the whole like come out and not do anything for a little bit honestly look just make her a fox news host like she, she's please, already no. blonde. look she's already no. blonde like i would like oh, no. Lacey, please don't do it <laughs> Lacey evans fox news host that's it no. that's the gimmick that's Listen, the one i said go all the a, way he has a lot of ammo to use too like please, you, you don't please promo no. every if, week if, going off. If, if this happens i'm gonna specifically blame you every week we have to watch it <laughs> i'd say you have to watch it i'm just saying i believe i believe that the usos absolutely say nigga when it comes on in the song i also believe lacey evans says woke and woke ain't the word she needs. <laughs> <laughs> She's dialing it back, but the phone Definitely. is still in the lawn. Uh, <laughs> that bitch out the house. Big facts. Bless Ooh. her heart. Oh, and and you, she can't fight it. You know what I mean? She is who she is, right. and social media being what it is, she can't fight it. And I'm not even saying she should. Like people were like up in arms that she would think the things that she thinks. I'm like, guys, and I I, I hate. It, um, have you been paying attention, guy? Or I'm not surprised, guy. I do hate that guy, mm-hmm. but I also hate outrage, guy. When you can just be like, I mean, "Yeah, I'll yeah. Jokes off. Don't right. attack the person for being the person they've always been. Right. Say something funny and keep moving." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Lacey and uh, Tyrus late nights on Fox. Ooh. All right, Please. so we got a. Oh, yeah. And then Christmas tradition was the other question that was mm. asked here. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, we've become kind of a go to the movies on Christmas family. Um, and a big piece of that is because December suddenly become this blockbuster month. And so it used to be like, you know, December was kind of the, the chill month for movies. And now uh, I would say ever since Into the Spider-Verse came out, every year we've had a movie to go to on Christmas. Because I saw that Christmas Day uh, 2018. And, no, I guess Star Wars, the Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens. That was one I saw on Christmas as well. So, yeah, I, I, it's almost been a decade of seeing movies on Christmas. No exception here. Um, probably go see Avatar or something uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow because that's what we do. I have kids. I'm the only one here with kids. And uh, <laughs> I get... Woken up at the butt crack of dawn Christmas morning. We open presents by 8.30. Christmas is over. Because, uh, like, we already done all the shit. And then, yeah, it was like, want to do something with the rest of the day? Let's go to the movies. And we go to the movies. Go to my parents' house and enjoy. Sweet. What are y'all doing? Um, um, I don't know. Probably going to do the family thing. That's usually the Christmas thing to do. Um. The older and older I get, the more I secretly hate Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. Because I feel like the older and older you get, the more uh, 
you go to Christmas events and people that you spent Christmas with for years are not there and you yeah, have to think about that every year. It's not mm-hmm. fun. Um, and nah. there's a lot of other stuff that comes with Christmas that ain't that great to me. Um, I was feeling like that this month and I was like, am I a bah humbug or whatever? Like when I'm telling people they're looking uh, at me like yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm not really feeling it though. It's not really. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, as, as far as like fun stuff to do, I mean, of course, like the family stuff, um, watch all of the Christmas movies like Iron Man 3 which is a Christmas movie and is an underrated Marvel movie and I will not take any slander for it I'm dying on a hill Mm. I (laughs) think it is underrated I went back and watched like I didn't like it when it came out but I went back and watched it and I was like damn I didn't give this enough credit at the time Uh, it's actually better than I thought what movie was that? Iron Man 3 Iron Man 3 oh it's super it's fun it's fun I like watching uh, resourceful Tony Stark in, yeah. in, in hoodie with a slingshot, <laughs> and he was MacGyver. It was amazing. I, yeah, I think the, I think yes. that was like the reason yeah. I didn't like it because I'm like, I came to see Iron Man, and I'm getting like MacGyver Tony Stark. But now, in hindsight, I'm like, this is actually good. I, I it appreciate was this as a movie. It, it's 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 a Shane Black movie with Iron Man in it. It's it's great. We um we typically do sausage croissants. Like that's that's our thing: sausage croissants and hot chocolate. Um, we're all older now, so I don't know if our stomachs can take that. Um, <laughs> um, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, uh, with a very large Hispanic population. My late best friend, um, uh, Catholic, and so he would do like you know they have a bunch of stuff during the week. I say that to get this joke off. My mother says this year um, she was like, "Well, I don't want to wait till Christmas. We need to do some stuff early." I said, "Oh, we're Mexicans now," and we had a good laugh about that. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I think everything is still going to kind of be tomorrow. And and we're, you know, I'm 37. My sister is 30. My mother is ancient. And so there's not like a whole lot of gifts. We just kind of like did our thing. So it's going to be us hanging out, um, watching Friday after next and trading places again. And Christmas Vacation is literally my favorite movie. Mother loves Christmas Vacation. I think I bought it for like three times on three different formats. so we'll watch that. And then, um, you know, all my friends that I grew up with are here. And so, you know, we go house to house, um, drinking up everybody's drink, telling stories. And yeah, it'll just be that. That's what's up. Yeah. Uh, driving down to Bakersfield after this classic. Right. Thanks for me. I'm so happy about it. Now I'm going to go see my mom. That's pretty much. We I don't have like too many crazy traditions. We just like kind of just kick it together, watch uh I think her favorite movie's The Preacher's Son. Is that the one with Whitney and uh, Preacher's Wife? Pre- Preacher's, Preacher's Wife. Son. Preacher's Wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's her jam right there. And then I'm I, my mom's and, jam too. It must have just been like Black Women of the '90s. That yeah, was, yeah. That's yeah. that. That's it. It just hit perfectly for them. whoever wrote it for it was writing for them. Den- and then uh, is supposed to be saving Denzel. the family, and he's yeah. like Dirty Mac, and he's trying to steal he's his not. wife. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Mac and Denzel, you know black women gonna love that because they want to be Dirty Mac, John. And then I'll usually just go to see, like, for the last a lot of years to my cousin's house because he has a bunch of kids. So I could just kind of take in that Christmas and all the gifts that they're going to use just for now. And then tomorrow they don't care about any of this stuff. Like, remember everybody was on the 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 hoverboard thing? And yes. Yeah. Everybody, yes. I'm like, this is not going to mean anything in like three months. And then three and months, the, the, nobody. Uh, yeah, oh, three yeah. Months, no, they get, were exploding. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got, 
I definitely have two hoverboards sitting in storage from when my kids got them that Christmas. They were now, super popular. Now, when I saw Mike Tyson hit the deck off that uh, hoverboard, I was like, all right, I can't. No, it's enough. Right. It's enough. Right, yeah. We got to wrap this up. Enough of you. Although my son asked me yesterday, he was like, what did you get for Christmas when uh, you were my age? And of course, you know, my memory, I remember everything I've ever gotten for every Christmas of each year. <laughs> and so. You probably remember which order that you opened each gift. You're like, I opened the, this. And oh, yeah. Other. So when I was his age, I got a Super Nintendo that age, uh, that year. And mm-hmm. so that's like one that stands Great out Christmas. to me because I, I remember every game I got. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I got raw, uh, WWF when, Raw and Shaq Fu. It was lit. <laughs> when he asked me what I got for Christmas at his age, I started thinking about it. I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I had a better Christmas than he's having. <laughs> uh, I was like thinking about what he got, and I'm like, yeah. shit, I should have compared him because I had Donkey Kong Country and Killer Instinct, and he, I don't know, I think I bought him books. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> but he likes that, though. Horrible, That's his demographic. Man. That's no, still I, my favorite gift of all time, though. Well, Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo is my favorite stick out. This is amazing gift that I've ever received for Christmas. I'm pretty sure I beat it that day. Um, <laughs> just didn't turn it off. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's my favorite gift ever. It's the one that sticks out the most for sure. You know, I still have to this day never beaten Donkey Kong Country 3. I got that Christmas 96. Mm-hmm. To this day, I've never beaten it. And every once in a while, I still like I'll throw it on. Like as I've told people, this Super Nintendo sitting right over my shoulder, right here, is the Super Nintendo I got that Christmas. Still have it on. Every once in a while, I will throw in Donkey Kong Country Three, and I'm like, okay, play a couple of levels, and there's one I can't beat. And I'll throw the controller down, and then five years later, I'll pick it up again. <laughs> and is it, we're now on almost thirty years of this. The game came out '96. <laughs> I'm like, one day I will beat Donkey Kong Country 3, but it pisses me off, and then I'm I'm done with it. Uh, So those are Christmas traditions, but this question is going to bring up a topic now that we have to discuss. Will, what was up with that mogul affiliate segment? Do you know how it was supposed to go and be received? Also, Merry Christmas to Grapsity. Let's talk about mogul affiliates, shall we? Because this has been, I can't even say a mixed reaction. I will say it has basically been um, pegged with tomatoes. Uh, and it had one particular viral moment that happened in the beginning. That was unintentional. We, we saw Rick Ross... Basically, stop the promo. Like he's hyping everything up. He's uh, he brings out Keith Lee. He asks for Swerve to come out. Swerve doesn't come. He starts talking. Then he turns his head over to Keith and just says, "You a big motherfucker," and just keeps <laughs> going. And the Keith Lee looks over like, "Can't say that." Oh, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Say- <laughs> so, you know, I thought that they must be on commercial. I tweeted it it when he said it, and they were like, No, we saw that too. I was like, Live. Yeah, it wasn't even like a, Oh, the TBS censors caught that, or Mm -hmm. nope, it just went straight through. Now, granted, it's cable TV, and so, like, there's not necessarily a whole lot of care when it comes to cable because, like, because I always think it's weird that Raw is a PG show, but then, like, Chucky is TVMA and like has multiple f bombs and it comes on immediately after Raw and so I'm like, all right, I'm watching this PG show and then stab, 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 blood, f words and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> it's like it's cable. You there's uh, 
different more, than the silk stockings that used to come after uh, Raw 97. Uh. <laughs> the Femme Nikita? The Femme Nikita. And, yeah, it was funny, too, because you got Walker, Texas Ranger beforehand, and then afterwards you were like, nah, we're getting into silk stockings now. We're getting anyway, horny on this USA Network tonight. But, uh, yeah, obviously cable. The main thing is that you want to stay within the rating that the show has stamped at the beginning. Right. The show has that TV-14 stamped. Um, I think uh, I don't I don't know the restrictions specifically on the F word and TV 14, but it's more about the rating that it received and less about the network itself. Uh, and so either way, that moment, that was the moment. It, literally, everybody picked that up. I saw Source had it. I saw Double XL had it. The Shade Room had it. Everybody, TMZ, everybody picked up uh, Rick Ross <laughs> just with that one quick line. Which it's a good thing that that's what was picked up out of the segment and nothing else. Because, uh, so the way the segment went down was we saw Swerve make his way down. He had on the Mogul Affiliates logo that he's been uh, hinting at for the last few months in AEW. Or on his Twitter, actually. Uh, I almost said Harlan, but he's Parker Boudreaux now. But Parker... Has also been tweeting that logo out. Harlan. So that's... I forgot it. I forgot that even happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can watch the NXT. You remember Harland? Y'all were at the. Um, did y'all meet him at, at Wally Mania? I saw him. I didn't. I meet saw him. him. I didn't meet him. Yeah, but... I met him at Wally Mania. He's a cool dude. Um, I. The worst thing you can do for a wrestler is say they're the next anybody. Yes, Ooh, you know. Yeah. But and... the worst thing that wrestler can also do is lean into it. Yes. Um, because that, I also think that's not helping him. Because uh, you're talking about the fact that he gets compared to Brock a lot. Uh, I think that Reg said it on, um, <laughs> on Ask Rhapsody this week. But I went back and watched. I didn't realize how bad it was. I'm telling you, isn't it? He's doing Here Comes the Playing Pain Brock Lesnar cosplay. Like he didn't watch the he watched the video game character of Brock Lesnar and was like, "This is how I'm going to wrestle." So, um, obviously, yeah, yeah. Swerve uh, says to Keith, he's got to keep eyes in the back of his head, and that's when Parker makes his way out, and uh, Parker starts throwing some punches on Keith Lee. Between each punch, what Reg said was very true. He's like, he throws a punch and then does a Brock taunt. He'll like. <laughs> Punch and then go, yeah. and then punch and then go, and it was like, stop that! What is wrong with you? Nobody stop does that. that. Stop does that. that fight. <laughs> not, not you hitting it with the the Arsenio Hall. Stop you that little thing. Yeah, like, why are you doing that, man? Yeah, no, no, cut that out. Like whoever told you to do that, you have to stop. It, it's not good. Uh, and so <laughs> he that. and. Then, and then he gets uh, made very short work of. That also didn't help because basically Keith like dumps him out. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then as Keith decides to go for Swerve, then we get um, our our mystery tattooed man that it took people a while to figure out. You who know, people originally thought it was. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> what? Why? Why do you think that? Oh no. Man, my my stomach dropped for a brief second when I first saw that name. I was like, "Whoa, guys!" Yeah, I'm like, Whoa. "Wait, was that?" Whoa. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like my my first thought, I I said this on day after dynamite, but somebody was like, uh, I saw somebody on Twitter who said this this guy looked like a doodle bear, 
And uh, that was a thing I hadn't thought about in like 30 years. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, Doodle bear. But y'all remember Doodle Bear? Like you got the you got oh, teddy bear. You got to draw on its face. And, and, yes, I remember. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, man. Look, if X guy is not where you want him to be. You don't bring in Y guy who's way behind him to have him be a unit. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, I'm, I think I'm way more optimistic about every wrestler to, to ever exist. Um, but I'm like, yeah, you watch NXT. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Um, but I'm like, okay, Parker has a look. He has some size. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll figure it out, right? Yeah. You don't have his deficiencies like look like he's leagues above uh, like their timing when they were both trying to attack was the worst thing i've ever seen live it was that bad like it was so terrible and like the person that parker exudes like on social media he should be next to swerve doing being that white guy around black people that think he has insert word that glow that drip that sauce like whatever you want to call it right Mm -hmm. or just a white dude who's okay around black people like cool whatever right right? but yeah when it came to the physicality that's the thing that he needs to excel at it's the thing that he should be best at and not wrestling like chain wrestling throw this great belly to belly soup no when it's a brawl you should look like you fighting yeah this is where we need to talk about looking like you fight get the young bucks for a second big fight man needs to like he can fight (laughs) big fight man Like, like you said triple h I don't think Triple H can throw hands in real life, but guess what? Triple H did all them push-ups and sit-ups and his shoulders were sitting out like this. And when he throw that one right hand for 15 minutes straight, it looked like it hurt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it looked like it was doing something. But, yeah, man, he just does not look physical at all. And then when you 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 got another big white guy with questionable morals and politics next to you, and the two of you didn't look like he was beating up a black guy. That's what you should look like. There's one thing in your soul you're supposed to be able to do as a large <laughs> white man with tattoos that listens right. to black, but maybe not around niggas. You should be able to, like, you can beat up a black dude too. Right. We should have been offended yeah. watching two white dudes beat up a yeah, We should have been like, damn, this is offensive. Uh, we no, honestly, though, so, <laughs> so the funny thing was, better. everybody, like, Twitter really thought that it was Tom McDonald. And I was I know. like, I'm like, come on, this is crazy. Yeah. And nah, the the only the only McDonald we trying to see affiliated with with black people at this point is probably Michael McDonald, man. Him and his that, his white soul music is acceptable, but homeboy, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Ronald is killing all of us, so we Keep gotta stay away from him. Not in love anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> on your homestyle burger now. Yeah, see, look, that out. Pretty Ronald weird. is he he don't care. He ain't cared about our lives for a long time. Four chicken nuggets is two sixty nine right now. I know that's not chicken no more. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken's way too expensive in the store for it to be that much. So, like, yeah, man. Wing so the person, that, the person it actually was was Brandon Goatsman, a former MLB player, um, and turned uh, professional wrestler. He's actually been training apparently for a while. Uh, I've been training with Jay Lethal and uh, Carly Bravo. Tweeted the other day saying, "Nah, he's the real deal. Like, give him a chance." So. I'm at least willing to do that. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, trust, I don't know. I trust Carly Bravo. He, yeah, dope. I don't know anything about him as a wrestler. I haven't seen him do literally anything in the ring. I have seen Parker in the ring, and I do know that I want to see some improvement. But um, 
the thing is, I'll tell you what I do like here. I like Swerve having two heaters. I think yes. that him being a smarmy, slimy heel, uh, he's... I think some backup for him is the best thing that he could have. And, like, I know some people... I saw some somebody say that, no, nah, they should have paired him with Lance Archer. They should have paired him with this, that. I'm like, no, I think him having two unknowns is the right call I agree. for the type of heel you're trying to get him to be. He doesn't need yes. necessarily a faction. He needs guys doing his dirty work. Right. And uh, that's essentially, I think, what they're willing to do here with these two is, like, eh, they're kind of two no-names in a sense. Um, they're really just faceless muscle guys who are going to do Swerve's dirty work. They're his, they're his affiliates. This is, uh, they're all about him. And so yeah. I like that aspect of it. I also did like the, uh, the stomp onto the cinder block. I thought it was actually, um, yeah, right on target. Good. It was really well done. It looked good. Uh, what I didn't like was everything else. Uh, the, I, the segment was just mistimed. There's ways I would have put the segment in different order. Um, Felt a little I, too long in points yes. when they were look, going to swerve and when they were looking at swerve and while the action was going on, something felt off about the whole thing. And to me, I think the biggest moment of it was way undersold. To me, I think the biggest moment was that Rick Ross aligned with swerve. Right. That should have been the moment. That should have been the turn. That should have been the moment that, that struck it. the crowd. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, to me, everything would have gone really well if right when uh, Swerve said, you need to have eyes in the back of your head, I think Ricky should have just, or Rick Ross should have just clubbed. Uh, Club, pushed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he should have just clubbed him. I think that, sh- that would have been the moment uh, because I think that would have gotten the crowd's reaction. But when the moment was Parker, I think that made the crowd kind of go, Huh? And then it was like, and then the second moment was, uh, was Graydon or Grandin, Grandin, Grandin. Uh, and then it was like, oh, and also Rick Ross is with them. And I was like, okay, you got this backwards. Rick Ross right. should have been the moment. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would have basically made everything else flow properly. And then also, look, I think Rick is hilarious, uh, at this. Somebody should have told him while the action is happening, put the mic down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was just a lot going on in the segment. It was just too much going on at once. I feel like there are parts of it that weren't executed well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it seemed like there was a miscue at some point because we were waiting for Swerve to come out, and then he came out, and there were, like, audio issues. Um, and even, like, during the beatdown when uh ross is yelling all that stuff you're you're hearing like feedback and all this other stuff it just it just was a lot going on um i didn't hate the segment i didn't think it was terrible i did think some parts of it worked but i just think as a way to introduce a new stable it didn't really work that well um i thought what they did in the online segment was way better um i thought I thought Ross's promo in that big funky he, that was great. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was way better. Him yeah. him looking straight in the camera and doing ain't no make it up. That was great. Yeah. Um, him flirting with the the uh, the interviewer as well while he's walking away and saying I got the G wagon waiting for me. All that was dope. But oh, great. It just uh, I feel like that kind of stuff would have made the segment better if they went with something like that. But what can you do? 
Yeah, I wish they would have condensed it, and I, I maybe they could have had it better if they would have introduced the guys two separate weeks, like introducing them both kind of cold. You know how we've been talking about the triple, triple H introducing cold thing, which we could talk about a little bit here later too. But introducing these two guys cold back-to-back probably wasn't the best move. And when people – People have a little bit of attachment to Parker because they've seen him in AEW TV, and so they have that, and it wasn't the best reception when it was that. So for them to go to that, to another guy that they don't kind of know, probably wasn't the best move. I agree with Will. I think it's great that Swerve has two heaters because we saw when they tried to put a tag team with them how that landed, and it. I don't think the point is not like a tag team and Swerve. It's like Swerve and two guys that are going to – do his bidding, do his do his dirty work. So I think this works. I don't know if these two guys are the guys to do it, but I guess we're gonna see. Well, uh, learning kind of like on the fly learnings every week on live TV is gonna be an interesting choice for everything. All the way I, I I will say that I think Parker works with him because he looks like he fits in his circle. Like, yes, then that's why I said the backstage segment was better because him just standing in the back with a chain on and him looking like he fits with them, that stuff works. But if you are only looking at it from the wrestling point of view and how he was even brought in AEW as a trust buster and right. that has just completely gone away and they haven't explained it, all of that stuff is kind of like baggage that is now being taken on by this, this stable. And so I don't think that Parker is a bad choice because I do think Parker in real life hangs out with people in his circle he is a fourth rope guy he's a guy that's endorsed by west side gun so he does fit with swerve it's just all the other baggage of not just the nxt stuff but the way he was introduced to aw audience right when you got that many clicks you got to explain the click jump yes yeah you know um it's one thing the aew does separate themselves from wwe there are a lot of teams and factions and whatever you call them but when you leave one and go to another especially with the trust buster thing specifically being about we got money over here right if he's a dude that's in the money why is he just jumping over here you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah like you said it was too long and and what got me live was you're asking rick ross non-wrestling person to fill time in wrestling right in an audience where like I fuck with Rick Ross, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you're not there for that. No, no, nothing. I'm not there for that. It's that when the I rest look of the around audience, the it? arena, it's way less of me and way more hot topic black guy. Yeah, that's right. in the arena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no disrespect, but it's ain't really. You know, they mm-hmm. they they listen to whatever Athena listens to. But nah, man, <laughs> it, it was really like um, you're asking him to take care of this live, and and you're not doing him any favors, making him like ad lib, ad lib, ad lib in an audience that is not super familiar with the way he goes about the business. So yeah, yeah. Hot topic, black guy. <laughs> Look, I, but the funny thing we all knew that. Listen, guy. hot combs are still in business because. Wallets. Hot, co- hot, hot combs are still in business because of these people. Like, how do you guys? I don't people know. People that were trying to do the, the Danny Brown look with, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The side bangs and stuff. Like, I'm not mad at them. Like, those are the homies. Do those sneakers got wheels in them? Those are cool. Oh, no. <laughs> uh hey we got a really generous super chat from uh brody says uh long live the guys appreciate what y'all do and congrats on surviving the craziest year in wrestling history i mean thank you brody we really appreciate you merry christmas to you or happy holidays whatever it is you celebrate thank you um and if you're not celebrating i just appreciate uh the generous super chat 
And yeah, um, this year has been uh, every day I wake up, I'm like, what crazy ass wrestling news is happening? And I go on my Twitter and a crazy ass wrestling news is that I'm like, yo, what is going on? I mean, I will say this. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up really quick. So one of the categories, of course, in the upcoming Fightful Awards is the story of the year. Mm-hmm. Not the group that sang Christian's theme song in WWE, but specifically the wrestling news Respect. story of the year. Uh Looking There's at, only one winner here, though, honestly. I know, I know. But looking at the nominees, the nominees in that category, I'm going to reveal those, are Steve Austin returns to a wrestling ring. Crazy. I mean, Steve that, Austin wrestled a fucking match this that year. That happened. That happened. But a then, good match. A good match. match. Like, yeah. It was good. And, like, and it made people think, oh, gosh, he can still do this. Right. And, and now, now he's on Instagram doing push-ups and going like, guys, I'm, I'm not coming yeah, back to wrestle like off. Austin. Come on, bro. When that shirt come <laughs> off, yeah. and he put on them black trunks and and 14 knee braces and a back brace it's and right. shoulder pads because you know, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. Uh, how about Cody leaves AEW and joins WWE? Mm. Mm. Uh, how about oh. brawl out CM Punk and the Elite at fight after Scrum? Uh, Vince McMahon forced into retirement amid sexual misconduct scandal. Insane. Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out during a live Raw. Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor. MJF possibly no-shows and uh, returns. That was crazy. Triple H takes over creative. And one that like wasn't even on the radar by February, but it was a story at the time, was Impact Women's World Champion mickey james in the royal rumble which is pretty yeah. nuts and i mean it's some of that stuff is left out like you've got now like carl anderson going back to wwe and wrestling at wrestle kingdom next year right. you've got shinsuke wrestling great muda in yeah. january like that's nuts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no it was the other year like, crazy news year. year well that's the thing is These i'm looking at the the, the story right I, I'm looking at the write-ins uh, because there's one clear winner here, and I'm not going to announce what it is, but you guys know. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we all know. Somebody, Come on. Um, it, it's one with like 77% of the vote, too. But <laughs> it's like it's not even close. Somebody asked me uh, a couple days ago which company I thought had a better year, WWE or AEW. I saw this. And, I saw yeah. your response to this. And Yeah, my answer was wwe because if if to me the two most important things are the men's and women's division right Mm -hmm. wwe has had their main eventers the bianca and roman solidified at the top it's made all kinds of money at wrestlemania and bianca's off doing this and roman's got a crazy streak and AEW has had flux with the women's division for injuries and personal attitudes and whatever. And then on the men's side, it's like the CM Punk stuff, right? Mm. And somebody's response was, but Vince McMahon did ever. I'm like, no, you're not wrong. It's a different question. Like Mm -hmm. if you're asking me, what's the the biggest story in the entire world of this thing to ever exist that we never thought would happen? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. To me, it was just a different question, but no, to, to me, who I've not voted in this poll, but there would be a clear winner that the father of modern professional wrestling is out because he don't know where you're supposed to pay for it. 
don't <laughs> How does he not know after all these years, though, Cam? Like, well, yeah, you well, yeah. know, bro. See, I'm giving him too much grace. You're yes, right. Yes, yes. He knows where he to knows. Pay for it. The thing yeah. is, the thing is, this man don't got no game. He does. Like, no, no. I mean, because because then what it really because this is what it really is. It's it's billionaire white man, right? It's like yeah, yeah you can pay for this thing that um, is available to you, but why would you want that when you go for the thing that's not available exactly. to you? Because that's power, and right? You can like use that's your power against the thing. Yeah, that's more. That's that grinds their gears more than fucking money. Yeah, too many I think people. That, have never gotten pussy based off their father's features or respect from their community. Right. And they don't know how to act. They do not know how to go about it like a normal person. And right. so they do things like, hey, come work over here. I'll throw you a little extra bread if you throw me something. It's just, mm -hmm. it's nasty and it's predatory gross. and way too common. Um, it's so common that we, even when we talk about it, we're not automatically like this is the most deplorable thing because we've seen it happen so much. Right. It's it's easier on our brains to joke about it, right? Mm -hmm. But nah, man, it, it's 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 the biggest story. That's I'm saying too much. It's the biggest story, is mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Pastel the Blurred says, shout out to Killer Cam for calling out Lacey Evans, Killer. Valentina, CIA, Hydra origin story. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. We, all, we all saw it. It's just um, there's a reason that uh, a Will and a Phil and a Ridge and a Cam, and you can throw a bunch of other names. There's a reason that you go on Twitter and you look at what we say about things that are happening in real time while you're seeing them. You go to us for the analysis because typically if we not write that day, Give it a few months. Yeah, oh, we'll see. Eventually, eventually oh, it'll come I, back I, around. I, I have a list. I have a list of things <laughs> that people got mad at me about, and in retrospect, I'm like, that's kind of right. Y'all can walk yeah. it back. Yeah. yeah. Joel Wood says, a few weeks ago, I thought for sure it was Mercedes, but at the same time, they've hardly promoted the match over the last few weeks. Will, you don't have to tell the percentage, but does it go up or down after the Tony interview, LOL? That's telling the percentage. Come on, man. Come on, <laughs> man. You have to watch it. You have to watch it, and you'll you'll see. Um... Oh, what he you $3.99? You that I'll send it back to you, because I don't want you to waste your money, but wait. Alexander says, Bucks, i.e. AEW, discourse often exposes some of the gaps in the hobbyist slant in Western wrestling journalism. It's often like there are three or even four canons that rarely crossed over due to Monopoly and pre-internet. That's fair. Good point. Joel also says, as a WWE fan who happens to like the Bucks, I think a part of it may be the fact that those who like the Bucks put them on such a pedestal as if they're better at everything than they actually are. Oh, oh, listen. Uh -oh. um, young Buck fans can be very annoying. Let's not. Yeah. Let's not. Uh, I'm a Young not, Bucks fan, and I agree big time. They, no, there. But I feel like that's not specific to Young Bucks. I feel yeah. like a lot of stand culture is annoying in general. Um, you see a Roman Abbey, you're like, I'm out of here. Fam, not to this person. Roman Abbeys are the worst. Uh, you they're can't crazy. say anything about Roman at all. Oh, I disagree, my friend. We can get to the next topic. Real quick, real quick. Uh -huh. I was at a bar. Uh, six, seven months ago, um, started talking to this guy that was in the army. And I think, I forget what team was playing on TV, but he was just expressing how much he hated that a bunch of free agents went there. And it was, he was like, I like my teams built, not bought like my San Antonio Spurs. And me being the largest San Antonio Spurs fans ever exist, I said, 
well, guy, um, one, it ain't the army. It's not something they had listed into. No. <laughs> I said, number two, the only reason we have the Spurs like we remember them is because they wouldn't let Tim Duncan's wife on the private plane. Right. Like, let's be realistic <laughs> about this. Um, so, so yeah, exactly. Like, even things that, that we're all fans of can have the very worst supporters with the very a very skewed view and not all the information and they don't want all the information. And so, yeah, there are terrible fans across the board. Um, the young bucks fans are just the worst to me because they become an at me, but yeah, oh, they're, they're definitely, Oh no, no, no. I there. mean, oh no, I know they're, no, the no, they're definitely me, worse to me. Are because there Uso of, stands? Like do Uso stands actually exist? I'm not, oh. I'm not, they're not so much. They're not so much. They're, Uso stands. They're, they're, they're Roman Abbey's. Yeah, yeah. It's all bloodline because, because the whole thing is that the Usos right now, as as Phil said, um, or no, it was Reg that said it, but don't necessarily stand on their own, right? They right. they are kind of background players mm. to the Roman, so it all goes with Roman stance. But I disagree with all that because I feel like at least Roman stance have something to stand on. Roman's the biggest star in the business. Roman yeah. delivers as a performer. Roman is the guy. On the other hand. I'm still waiting for Bray Wyatt's chance to have something to give me. Because, look, I have really been trying, guys. I, When Bray Wyatt came back at Extreme Rules, I was like, all right, I'm in on this. This is good stuff. I like it. This is, you know, he got a big pop. It seems like he's going to be more grounded, a little more realistic in what he presents. And uh, that'll give him a chance to really showcase something cool, something awesome. I was in on it. I... Everything I said about Bray coming out of Extreme Rules was positive. I thought this shit was so whack last night on SmackDown. I, uh, this was, uh, not for me and, like, bordered on, uh, boring and, uh, what are we doing? Like, wh- what are we waiting for? I, I'm, I'm not saying, look, give this guy, like, a match on SmackDown, obviously, but I feel. <sighs> It's been over two months. What are, what are we getting to? Where, where's, where's the destination here? And is the destination about to be this, uh, what is the match called again? The blackout match. The blackout match or whatever mm-hmm. at Royal Rumble, which is still like a month away. Is this really what we're waiting for? Because if so, I don't want to wait. <laughs> do you guys think his wrestling is good? Do, 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 do. I don't think it has do, do, been, but he shows flashes of like I've seen flashes of good matches with him, like Brian Danielson. I think um, the two times uh, I thought his match at Royal Rumble twenty, uh, both twenty nineteen and twenty fourteen. So good matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, but again, Brian Danielson's the goat. So like, yeah, right. I've never so, been down on his wrestling. I don't think I realized how down people were on his wrestling until Twitter told me they were down on his wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that. The, the Fiend stuff originally just kind of ran its course. And if he's going to be in the main event, what else can you do with him? Right. Um, I understand, you know, bringing him back and, and trying to get super creative with this. And and granted, like, I remember a kid told me his favorite wrestler was Kane. I was like, Kane? Mm-hmm. Like, Kane wrestling? And so there is that aspect of there's a crowd who just wants to see him do weird shit. And, and that does it for him. Um, but they're going to have to have an in-game. Like, they're going right. to have to have an in-game. And... He's got to come through with the wrestling. But you're right. Like, last night was just, it reminded me in some ways of the Swerve and Keith Lee segment in that this thing is taking a really long time to not do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Like, just, yeah. I'm mad at the camera guy. He didn't get fired like Bobby Lashley got fired, though. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, what's up, Adam Pierce? 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, this is this is the thing that I will say though, because when you say that Bray stance have not given you anything, I think you are then saying that Bray has never done anything good, which I just soundly don't agree with you on. Um, and I mean that's your opinion, but. I don't think you can just be like, all right, well, Roman has these things to offer, but then Bray has nothing to offer. That's just not true. Um, I, I, I just don't see it that way. And that, if you just don't like what he's doing right now and this is just not hidden for you, that's understandable. But to say that this guy has never done anything good, that's crazy. No, I mean, I, for me, anyway. It, it yeah, hasn't been for me. Um, <laughs> none of it's I, for I, me, honestly. I don't know, man. I just We've had this discourse for a while yeah. that I just, to me... I don't know. I don't think you can discount this guy as a talker and a character and all these other things. I mean, I thought he, like I said, it was, I want to be like, hey, at least Bray delivers on the mic. But I also thought like the last couple of promos are just like him talking in circles, man. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really say anything, Yo, man. A- L.A. Knight's. LA Knight's uh, <laughs> impersonation. I've I've rewatched that promo several times because it's hilarious to me. Him him hitting that. It wasn't me, my brother. It was boy howdy. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, but no, I look. I agree that they do have to get to the point with this stuff uh, because now it has been two months and it's like, all right, where we're we going? We got a development last week, uh, but this week felt like filler. But I will say. This wasn't a good episode of SmackDown either. Most of this episode of SmackDown felt like filler. Uh, that gauntlet was not good. Um, I'm uh, sorry. Zylee getting a no, she's not getting a push, is she? Um, I mean, why? I mean, why like, did you it felt have like her? It... Why did you have her annihilate? Why did you have Emma. her annihilate Emma like that? And then have Emma do this backstage segment with? I well, digress. She, anni- <laughs> she annihilated. So yeah, she annihilated Emma. And then annihilated Tegan right after, and I my immediate These thought are people was people that just came back. You just brought them back. Why would you do that? <laughs> I I was confused by it. The the Shayna ending was also not good. I I didn't get it. Made it look uh, dumb. It, it's okay. I thought that like on the raw side, it's better, of course, because it's it's Bianca and Bianca is something they're very heavily invested into. Not that they're not invested in Ronda. I think that they think. And I've seen it like there are people who I took people to SmackDown and the thing that they took away from it was I got to see Ronda Rousey and that was it. So she Mm -hmm. has star power. It's there. Mm -hmm. But I think they think that that can carry like if you have gauntlet matches or six pack challenges or fucking five deuce, four tray matches, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. Every time you need to crown a number one contender, you have no division. Yeah. You have people yeah. in a division, you have no division. Right. If they do not do right, WWE does not do right by their women's division by saying that everyone has equal chance to be a number one contender on TV every time we need one. It's not. Right. And, and, and that's not the story they told. Like if, if the story was just to get all these women on TV, it did the other women a disservice <laughs> by having Raquel beat them with an injured arm. Um, yeah. It just did make sense. And I get that they're investing in Raquel. I think Raquel has potential, and I think she was solid in NXT. Um, but the story of this match just didn't work for me. Um, but I don't want to stay on that because we started with the break. Wait, first off, hey, just take her phone. Take her phone now. Take Raquel's phone now. You see what's going on with Lacey. Take her phone. 
throw it in the river. Do not let her use it. I wouldn't let delete, her delete delete everything from back I in the day. Not, too. I would take off her Chase Bank app because you might see where she sends money. No, Cam had me dying yesterday. By the way, you, when you tweeted, uh, you said, how did Michael Cole say her name? Yeah, you said yeah. Has my, you said spell out how Michael Cole says her name? I was like, oh, easy because because it, it's Raquel Rodriguez. Rodriguez. And uh, <laughs> you know, him being a world-renowned journalist, I know you know how to pronounce her name. Right. I know you can say Gonzalez. I know mm-hmm. you can say it. It's in your heart. I know you can say Raquel. I know you mm-hmm. can do it. Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Rodriguez. What is Raquel. a Rodriguez? <laughs> yeah. Nah. I, yeah. He 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 does that with quite a few wrestlers. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Are you just trying to say Shante it faster? The Adonis. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Oh, he sounds like the uh, the the sexual harassment candle in Beauty and the Beast when he says <laughs> when he says Ashanti. It's, it's not great. It's not great. Uh, yeah, but no, look, the, the, man, the brave stuff. I just feel like again, they just gotta get to the point. But I, I, it's hard for me to just be like none of this is working because again, the guy is still getting ah, loud reactions every time he comes out. Um, and I can't say that nobody's interested in this stuff because people clearly are. I just think that it has to get to the point. Um, yes. I just, I, I think two months and what we are between two pay-per-views because he came back at Elimination Chamber. Sorry, not Elimination Chamber, Extreme Rules. Um, and now you're you're going to get past your Fiber Series and get all the way into Royal Rumble before we get a match. That's a long time. That's <laughs> um, a long time for and, any wrestler at all. Anybody that's being reintroduced to a wrestling show, that's a, just a long time to exist without any wrestling. Yeah, and I, I, the other part that I don't agree with you, Will, on is that Brave fans are not the worst. Uh, the <laughs> ones that the ones that are the worst, I will not say their name because I don't want no smoke. Um, but they are far worse. Um, awful, uh, awful. I mean, awful. even even if you don't want to acknowledge those, diva stands are. I was are, literally going to say far it worse than than brace brace stands. Like, oh I my god! A Sasha Avi disagree with me? I literally say. Didn't see the Avi. I don't want no smoke. My you dad. got it. Yeah, sorry about that. These are not <laughs> these are not real people. Like they don't. They are not. Listen, when you have a a cellular phone with internet capabilities that you don't <laughs> have to pay a bill on, your 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 level of intensity is different. Different. You're not worried about it getting cut off, and, and, nope. and you don't have to send nobody a resume. Those those children and if you're not worried about your phone us, getting turned off, damn. you don't care about nothing in the world. And that's where if these you people tell me, exist. And I and I like this guy now. I've come around on him. But when you say uh, Rollins whack plus Osprey better plus New Japan clears, like when you start doing <laughs> <laughs> when you start doing version arithmetic, like yo, you got it. You got it. You're right. <laughs> I don't even know what any of that means. I don't know what none of that means. New Japan yeah. clears takes me out. When, when you clear, okay. You never high jump in your life, but uh, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Just, just want to state, by the way, the crew are great. I have no problem with the crew. I don't want no smoke. No, the crew are, <laughs> y'all are amazing. Shout out. To I mean, look, no, the, right now the crew. Right now. Look, the crew is about to be so divided. I think. Look, if my sixty nine percent holds. And uh, you know, a big the piece of the crew's not gonna like her. They're not gonna be divided. Else. They're gonna, they're just gonna be divided on things like you know the the place that she's at. But they're still gonna follow her wherever she goes. Well, that that's my thing is like uh, a big piece of the identity behind the crew has been like um, not 
do we just like we support Sasha and Sasha's in WWE, so we also don't like AEW and we don't like the people at AEW. So it's like we don't just come at uh, AEW, but we come at wrestlers at AEW. We come at Britt Baker. We come at all of these people. Now imagine those people are now Sasha's coworkers, and all of a sudden it's like, how do we now reconcile all these people that we were shit to just like a year ago? Yeah, I, if, I, if I, Sasha's mm. there. If Sasha goes to AEW, that number better go up. That's all I know. That number <laughs> uh, better go up. Because what the ratings? Exactly. The total viewers better go up because somebody, if not, somebody's capping for the internet. Right. Now, again, these people have different bedtimes, and I understand that. But <laughs> that DVR better shoot up there. Right. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. I've I've said before the. The internet is gonna explode if we ever get the Tony hugging Sasha pick. It's just gonna, <laughs> gonna oh, it's no. gonna descend into madness. Um, mm. I'm I'm just gonna completely log off that day and not talk about anything. You know what's gonna be the biggest tell, by the way. So I have um, I have press tickets to the LA show, uh, and usually when something major happens at these shows, we get some kind of like post-show mm-hmm. kind of press conference like you know cm punk uh when it was the first dance they never announced cm punk but the thing that they did tell everybody uh who had media passes was there will be a uh a post-show press conference and everybody got to ask cm punk their questions um right now there's nothing but at the same time i'm keeping my eye on my inbox of like hey stick around after this show because yeah, what a, what a <laughs> weird time. That was a virtual media scrum, too. Mm-hmm. Did y'all tell him, when you talk to him and you ask him a bunch of questions that are super important in the world, did you ask him, when is he going to stop calling them scrums and start calling them press conferences? <laughs> You're sitting in one room, and they are coming to you. It's a press conference. You're conferring. They, they used to be like scrums and then we got seats and I think it became a press conference. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember when there were no seats. Yeah, I that, that was more along the, the scrum lines. Let's get through the, the rest of these and then I want to send you all on your day because uh, Caden says, hey, yo, Cam's here. Bet. Great seeing you Wednesday. You got to see Caden a couple of times. Caden's a great kid. Um, he would not let me buy him beer, number one. He's a great kid. Um <laughs> And and uh, but the second time Shame I saw him, you. I was like, dude, like I'm I'm like twice your age, um, and I have two jobs. Let me at least buy you dinner. And so he let mm-hmm. me buy him what I got: a hot dog and a drink. He is the sweetest kid. Um, I'm very jealous. I wish I was 19 in this age of wrestling media and technology. Yes, Because yes, I'm yes. like, yo, I'd be <laughs> fucking world famous. Not that I want to be world famous, because I hate. A little bit of what do you mean? You are well, you are well famous. You almost single handedly put on a basement dweller that does YouTube videos. I mean, the facts are the facts about Caden. Um, I look forward to his growth again. Very, very jealous he gets to do this at such a young age, but the sweetest kid. Um, he says he's driving from Corpus to Leander tomorrow. That's like a seven hour drive. That kid is up and down the road. Um, I tried to give him Red Bull money when we left the arena uh, on Wednesday, wouldn't even take it. That's a good kid. Mm, great kid. Yeah, no, he's a great kid. And like, honestly, it, I'm 35, right? And so when I talk about having done all of this since I since for the last 18 years, I'm referring to the fact that I was 17 when I started my first wrestling podcast. And uh, so what was interesting at the time was 
yeah, we didn't have wrestling media the way we do now. And just thinking about the opportunities that Caden has that I would have loved to have had at 19. Of course, I say that, but I interviewed Chris Jericho at 19, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> I was, that was 20. I was, it was my 20th birthday. It was my 20th birthday that I interviewed Chris Jericho. Uh, and so, like, but to have those opportunities, like the way they exist now, the fact that, um, you know, we I had to jump through hoops to get that one. I had to go through his uh what is it because he he had just published his first book and so it was like i had to go through his uh publishing company and basically we mostly just talked about the book mm-hmm. and uh this was in 07 so it was like right before he came back uh <laughs> and uh i'm like trying to get you know a scoop out of him like hey are you returning on raw because those save us videos seem like they're about chris jericho and <laughs> he's like well I don't know anything about that. Oh, I can't give me anything. But you should buy the book, The Lion's Tale, Chris Jericho. Yeah, he was like he was like my first major interview, and then I interviewed World Heavyweight Champion Batista like a week later, and I was like, I'm having the best week of my career, and I have not gotten anybody close since. The, the um, story of that interview is still hilarious. Um, yes, that is. Uh, yeah, mm. you think we'll ever get Chris Jericho on this podcast? Ocho. I don't know. I don't know. That would Definitely be a, silence. <laughs> I, I don't know, to, to be honest. Um, we could. Yeah. Uh, Small Snippets of Life says, congrats on the TK interview. Man, what I remember the emergency TK pod 51 weeks ago. That was the thing that Reg mentioned on Twitter today about how it's full it's been circle. kind of a full circle year, right? That we uh, were originally not going to do a show on New Year's. I was putting together a best of show that was just going to be a clip show. And I then. That. Yeah, I was putting together a clip show that we were just going to run on New Year's. Then TK tweets about uh, Big Swole. We ended up doing an emergency podcast that day. And go Somebody figure. Somebody put that tweet up. It was at seven, like 7.48 on the Christmas or New Year's Eve. So New like Year's we, Eve, it yes. was emergency as you could get. Still, still <laughs> we, had no pl- we had no plans on doing a show. And <laughs> I remember we were like, okay, it turns out we got to do an emergency grab city on January 1st. To add on to that really quickly, I was not a part of your show, but um, we were having a a small gathering of friends for New Year's at the Westin. And that small gathering that's supposed to be champagne and music and partying turned into me and Ricky Starks in the corner talking for an hour about the swole tweets. And everybody was like, guys, you're supposed to be hanging out with us. There's no time. There's no time. We have to discuss this. No time. And so that was like, what a night. (laughs) That was. There are stories about that night. was on fire. There are yeah. stories about that night I've still not told publicly. Reg and Phil know, but um, mm. as far as my night was concerned, I was up till 3 a.m. Um, and then obviously had to get up and do this show. Uh, and I actually woke up at 7 a.m. and continued the thing I was doing till 3 a.m. And then uh, and then we just did this show. And I didn't get to like fully get to sleep until right after it was over. But it ended up being the biggest show we've done to this day. Um, and yeah. I will say I appreciate a lot of what white wrestling media did that day. And I say that because uh, shout out started with Sean. Uh, John Alba did the same thing. And Chris Van Vliet did it. But everybody was asked at the time, hey, what do you think about what Tony tweeted about Big Swole? And they all were like, hey, I'm probably not the right guy to ask about this. You guys should check mm-hmm. out Grapsity. And that ended up being the biggest show we've ever done and gave us the biggest growth we've ever had. 
Um, yeah. and the, the first and last spaces I ever did from the Grapsity account was that same night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, again, it, it, it's a full circle thing because uh, we ended up interviewing Tony to end the year. And so, um, oh, Monique asks, what percentage are you at for Vince to return? Ooh, still, Monique. Still, I'm about at about 40. Um, and so that's, 40. that's high. That's high. Uh, I mean, I'm at 40. It's just higher. <laughs> Is it? I, I oh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm in that standpoint of the same thing I said last week. I can definitely see Vince getting the itch at home. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean by that is like, he's watching, he's, there's about to be possibly the biggest WrestleMania of all time. It's going to contain Stone Cold. Steve Austin is going to contain the rock. It's going to contain John Cena. It is also WrestleMania. It is Vince's baby. It is the thing he's always talked about as his proudest achievement is WrestleMania. It's going to have all his biggest stars that he's ever produced and he won't be there to produce them. I can very much see him going, no, you don't do this WrestleMania without me. You don't do the rock and john cena and stone cold without me i have to be a part of this and uh i can that's why i'm at like 40 because again i could you can even see the people being asked about it. you see teddy long's response this week where teddy's like uh, yeah, let him back you yeah think i'm, just I'm because at- your father cheated on your mother she's not gonna sit next to him at your graduation <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. it's it's nice to internalize this idea that the world is black and white and man does wrong thing we all know is wrong. And so we will all punish him accordingly. Now, history matters. Um, you know, closeness matters. Proximity matters. Um, I don't know if my percentage is as high, but I would not bet an eyelash if he were to show up because rich white folks tend to do just fine. Rich white men specifically, Mm -hmm. um, when everything's go bad, like, like they don't go as bad as they should. So, Uh, yeah, I, I am at 50% by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still at like, so I'm still leaning toward it probably doesn't happen, but I am just looking at like all the facts and like, if you want it to, there, a whole lot of people aren't going to stop him. I think that, uh, And and I can very much see a lot of a lot of guys like I I think about John Cena is literally about to work his first show next week, his first show ever where he was not produced by Vince McMahon. Mm -hmm. Wow. 20 years. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? Like a lot of these guys, it's not a big deal, too, because they did NXT, all of that. And they've worked with Hunter. They know Hunter like that. That ain't John Cena. John Cena has been he has had his whole WWE career with Vince McMahon. That's his, that's who he knows. That's what like the rest of the guys you said, the rock stone cold, like they only have ever been produced by Vince McMahon. Stone cold at least had WCW. So like stone cold can at least say like, you know, I worked bill Watts. I've had, um, other guys that have been attached to, but mm-hmm. not yeah. the rock, the rock literally the rock. Is, it has been, just had Vince McMahon yeah. start and finish. He's had Vince for everything. And mm-hmm. I can very much see Vince looking at it like, no, those are my guys. Those are guys that I wrote, that I made. You don't do anything with them that doesn't involve me. <laughs> and, and Ridge, like, Ridge being an artist, you know, you've been in a studio um, with 
an artist who is just used to working with one guy and they 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 like their Hennessy poured a certain way. They like a certain <laughs> scent in the air. You know what I mean? Like it's just what mm. they do and that's how they've always been produced. That's how they like to create. And so like a guy like Brock, that was that didn't shock me at all. Like Brock yeah, being well. the first one cuz what do I know outside of this? Right. This is, Where's this the Hennessy? Where's the weed? This ain't the same. Exactly. <laughs> Brock yeah. asking to pass the hand is hilarious. <laughs> but I, I yeah, can... man, there's an environment that they are absolutely used to and that they will push back on because not only am I familiar with him, this is how I made all of my money. Right. Every single dollar was based on what this person told me to do. And you are not going to mess this up for me. Right. Absolutely. So Goldberg will be okay. He'll be fine. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Yeah, John Cena. I, the, I'm I'm curious what it's like. Like, yeah, John Cena like, walking through that curtain and not seeing Vince is probably going to be a little weird to him. It's going to be like when DMX came back to Def Jam and tried to put out that album, and Jay was like, "Nah, we shelving that." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It it is funny to think about him looking around like, "No, you're going to use all my guys for WrestleMania." No, you just brought Bronson Reed back. Use him. Use all your NXT babies. <laughs> Leave all of my guys alone. <laughs> we don't have to talk about Bronson Reed, guys. We can. We don't have to. Uh, oh, he he is connected to a guy that you seem to like. He's connected to <laughs> Michael Bennett. Hold on. Let, let, let me read a couple more super chats because people pay for these. I want to make sure they get them read. Orion Ben said, "Merry Christmas to Grapsity and Cam. Thanks for all the interactions and learning over the year. Write in Stokely over Sammy for meme personality of the year. I mean, look, Stokely, Stokely was was great this year." Um, which wrestlers do you think is underrated in 2022? Underrated. Uh, underrated. Uh, underrated. Uh, see, who's not getting enough I'm of gonna, their due I, this year? I think we were asked this at the midpoint, and I'm going to repeat that I think it's Hangman Adam Page. I think that he hasn't gotten his due for a great title reign, and I think since he's been back, he's been doing some great stuff with Moxley. I'm going to go with Hangman. Um, I'm, you know, if you had asked me, uh, before this past Wednesday, uh, I would have said easily Hikaru Shida because one, I'm a big Shida fan, but two, I don't think that, um, she was getting her due, um, despite, you know, working her ass off this year. Uh, I think people are giving her her flowers today because she had just a really great main event this past Wednesday. Uh, and I'm really happy to see that that people are remembering. Oh yeah, she kind of she kind of is that woman, isn't she? She really does. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, that main event this past Wednesday is one of my favorite matches this year. Um, you know, it's it's the thing that Cam talked about wanting to see shit look like a fight, wanting to see it look like a struggle, wanting to see it look like two people who just want to beat each other. And like there wasn't a submission in this match; it was strikes and uh, strikes and throws and it looked good all of it looked good and it looked like i, I thought that uh deadlift power bomb that jamie Hayter hit on cheetah still looked super impressive uh the crowd bit on every single ounce of that uh that's what i want to see and i'm glad i got to see that and i yeah. think she deserved to do listen as as a big joshi fan and as a big like uh, Ariza mark from stardom and seeing her do that combination with the question mark kick and I was like fam this is this is amazing this is everything I want to see on television every week what did you think in the crowd cam 
Well, if you go back I mean, back you can see watch, your face. You could see. You, you can <laughs> watch. When she starts the deadlift, like, I just stand up immediately. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Jamie Hayter. Um, I, I gotta admit, I didn't know she'd have had it like that. Like I've seen her wrestle, but I was like, oh, she's smoking it. Um, my underrated is, is Ruby Soho. Um, and it's kind of twofold. Yeah, I um, I thought that WWE had a chance to put somebody in that Natalia role, in that you're good, you can work with anybody. Um, you you can do this for 10 years and be the glue in our division. I thought they had that. And then even with, you know, she was out, you know, for a while in AEW, but I still think that she is, she's good wrestler. Not everybody's supposed to be great, knock it out the park, box office smash wrestler. This thing has to, you need fullbacks. You, you do. Like you need people who can make the other person look good. And I think that's, uh, that Ridge didn't like that. I think that uh, she um, absolutely fits that mold. I, I think that she's super underutilized and, can have a good match with anybody. I like where they're putting her now, for sure. Yeah. One of the best talkers in the women's division, by far. Yes. I agree. Uh, let's see. We got a couple more Super Chats. Uh, let's bring Reg back first, and then I will bring the graphic back up so that it's Cam again. Uh, and let's see. We got Deontay says, just wanted to send love to all the boys. Good to see Seahawk as always. Merry Christmas. Can't wait for uh, Wrestle Kingdom and Stardom Show on the 29th. Super excited for that Stardom yep. Show on the 29th. Uh, Shane Monster says, uh, first off, Cam, Electra Lopez, all caps. Uh, second, Matt Coon goes from a purposeful, regarded regal pot to a grumpy Uncle Dax pot. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah, shout out Matt Coon. Um, he's, he's getting uh, good work done. I'm very curious how this uh, CM Punk episode is going to go and what is going to be said on this episode. Um, because at first I was like, wait, is Punk a guest? Because that's a risky move. Uh, but if he's not a guest and you're just going to be talking about, you know, in retrospect, CM Punk, maybe they're going to get into what were some of the plans for CM Punk and FDR. Um, that sounds good. We, we did ask Tony about that, by the way. So um, when I talked to Dax, about that. Um, I want to say we left everything in. Even the stuff where I was like, you sure you want to say that? And he was like, no, yeah, go ahead. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, too. Like, just, just having talked to him for an extended period, um, I think people are going to be really interested in the way that he views the world and the wrestling world. I think people will find that really interesting because, like, him and I are, like, a few months apart. And a lot of, like, his personality is like guy who graduated into a recession and had to figure out the world and now everything's working out for me. So like he's an optimist, even though he comes off as a grump, but he's an optimist because he thinks things can be good. I get I'm so It is actually wild to me that he is as young as he is because he has such like old man energy. Oh, yeah. Like he he comes off like somebody who's like back in my day, but I'm like you're two years older than me. What is yeah. <laughs> He's, I, I, I really like the guy. I'm, I'm super curious. Um, mm -hmm. That should be fun. Um, yeah. yeah, starting off with CM Punk. Ooh, he's he's going for it <laughs> right yep. away. Nicholas says, peace and blessings to y'all brothers. Thank you, Nicholas. I appreciate you. Uh, we also got, just going to keep going. Caden says, I'm obviously on Dax's side no matter what. Um, Even if he is defending CM Punk? I mean... 
again, it, it, it all depends. It's on... no matter what, huh? So, I can't uh, wait till he says, I mean, sometimes you just got to kick a puppy. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> to see, some, you some, can't choose some, that side. Some, listen, man, sometimes you got to bite somebody to defend your friend, man. Oh, I'm just waiting for him to say that. That's fun stuff. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm still going through them because uh, there's a few more, and I want to make sure I don't miss any. Uh, because that's obviously something I'm quite guilty of. Uh, and I still got Humper Chats to get to, too. Uh, so I'm going to get everybody's message right, I promise. Uh, Aaron says, uh, Happy Xmas. What's y'all's top album of the year? Uh, all right, mine's uh, Diaspora Problems by Soul Glow. Give it a listen if you haven't heard it. It's heavy. Um, album of the year. I'll tell you what, it's not my album of the year, and I am watching everybody praise it's almost dry, and I just don't understand it. Um, it's great, but album of the year, that's kind of wild. Um, album of the year. Uh, I have my answer. So, it, Album if... of the year. Um... Alright, well, Phil's still thinking about it. I am going to say that uh, I was high on it at the time, but the fact that I've listened to it so much and it is my go-to workout album, but Cheat Code's Black Thought is my album of the year just on the fact that, um, one, getting a solo project from Black Thought is something that I've wanted for a long time. You know, you can listen to a Black Thought freestyle all you want. You can listen to The Roots. You can listen to all of it. But, like, at the end of the day, getting that solo project was the thing that... um, We've been after for a long time. And to think about the fact that that man is in his 50s, dropping his first solo project. And uh, it went that hard. I think, you know, it wasn't even like a, you know, a Nas situation where Nas also uh, in that same boat. And it's like, oh, Nas still got it kind of thing. Um, But for me, it was just like a, now I can't even say like a still got it kind of thing. This is a, I can't believe you're coming out swinging like this in your 50s that to me it was just such a dope project the features were all good i've always said danger mouse is my favorite producer of all time so for all of that to come together the way it did cheat codes black dot danger mouse album of the year i'd say um i got to see kendrick live in la in september so mr big step is live like has a big effect on me i thought it was really good it's probably dawn fm like i'm a sucker for 80 cents um, and how dare this woman do this to me? So when you throw those things together, um, resonates with me pretty well. So that's probably my <laughs> yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Don <laughs> FM was an interesting pick, by the way, because I do think it was like I went and saw the weekend in person, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, that I saw the weekend in concert back in August, and uh, that was a, a an extremely dope show, and. Uh, I realized one how much of the weekend's music I didn't know, uh, because mm. you know as he went through this twenty song set, and I maybe knew like five songs, uh, and like most of them were WrestleMania theme songs. Um, it was... <laughs> <laughs> no, like as soon as I did, the last song he did, yeah, like we all knew that. Everybody was like on their feet, but I'm watching all these girls around, and they knew every song, and I'm like, man, that's I their don't music. Know the... Yeah, I was like, I don't that's know. The weekend's catalog, like House I thought of Balloons, it did. man. That, that bird, <laughs> the generation of of druggies and fake druggies. Um, mm-hmm. Shout right out to the fake druggies; they they have the best IG posts. But yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I I kind of think it's the Beyonce album. I think the Beyonce album is very good. I think that's mm-hmm. po- possibly my album of the year. But at the same time, I listen to Legit album and the Denzel Curry album a lot as well. Um, a lot of good music this year. I, I still say the Lucy album is underrated. Ribbon Survivor Saba went crazy. Saba yeah, album is Saba very good. On it, very good. I agree. Yeah, it's definitely either. It's probably something Griselda. Tana Talk for Benny is. I play Man, that album. That, that Rome all album the is. time. The Rome album is insane. I played the Rome album so many times, a million times. The West Side Gun Ten is is super duper dope. The new Absol album is dope. Uh, there's so many great albums that happened this year. Like, there's too many at this point. I remember for a while there was like a little phase of like maybe music, hip hop, blah blah blah. There's these years and it goes in phases and all this, but. This year, everybody came and and they put out some super dope projects. Uh, music is pretty strong this year. Beyonce put out anytime Beyonce puts out an album, it's you know the world is stopped. Yeah, breaking honestly, breaking the mold too because you know there's that idea that um, uh, women in popular music basically can't have a hit after what is it 36? They say 36, 37. There's like rare exceptions like Cher, um, but beyond that, it's like. Uh, you're kind of cast aside and seen as a retro act. And the fact that Beyonce was able to produce multiple hit singles this year, like Break My Soul was everywhere, right? And mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the fucking challenge record with the uh, cup cuffing it. Yeah, and, right. and that's the cuffing the, challenge. Yeah. yeah, and that's doing huge too. But everywhere. then, but you know what else? People wrote Nicki Minaj off for years and she was able to, to have a comeback year this year in the mm-hmm. sense that like, um super freaky girl was huge this year Mm, and uh i don't know um i do think i i mentioned nas a little bit and i do want to give king's disease three it's yeah 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 Yeah. so it was a good year for music a lot lot of good music this was a hard to pick i will say i don't think i would have been able to get back in shape this year without having great shit to listen to through it so yeah uh, listen if you would have told me at the beginning of this year that kendrick and beyonce were going to drop this year and at the end of the year i was going to pick the beyonce album as the album of the year i was like <laughs> fuck out of here. Uh, right. but here we are <laughs> uh halabasana says i was becoming very burned out on wrestling discourse and almost wrestling as a whole until i found grapsity seven star podcast much respect and happy holidays to you all. I really thank appreciate you. you. That's thank love. You so much. We really yeah, appreciate that's, that. That's love. Uh, Tim Gordon says Claudio versus Roosh is a match I never knew I needed. Look, man, th- we've always said the thing that Claudio does best is work with mobile guys smaller than him. Like, yep. um, if you ever watch Claudio pre Cesaro, you'll know that like his best opponent was El Generico, right? Like yep. that was. Uh, just a solid, solid combination. And like, just thinking about who he, um, working with everybody he worked with in Chikara, that's what Claudio did best. And I was reminded of that last night when he was in there with Top Flight and working with both of them, yeah, that whole exchange stuff. at the end. I was sick. I forgot uh, for a minute. I forget that like, yeah, it's cool seeing Claudio work against bigger guys and all of that, or guys even his size. But man, does he work well with guys smaller than him? That is, I stopped like, recording because I was like, he's they're still doing stuff. I want to <laughs> like, I'm gonna sit down, you're still doing, he's, 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 um, yeah. yeah. And it makes me just like not dislike, but like Braun 
don't you understand the value of these smaller guys to right. you? I think he does. Don't now. you understand like this is where your money comes from? Mm. Like you not only being bigger than those guys, but doing super dope shit with those guys. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think he I think he's gonna see it now. I'm sure somebody has talked to him and was like, No, you need these guys to help put you over. You need these guys to um help you have great matches. Um but yeah, no, Claudio versus uh Top Flight at the end of that battle royal was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. excellent. So great. And, and I get to see it in person, Claudia at uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus Top Flight this week. Uh yes. Yes. At, uh Dynamite. I was not expecting that match announced and uh, speaking of which, we finally got a little sneak peek of what the new Dynamite's going to look like in January. Um, January 4th, they put out a promo. I tweeted it, uh, the new di- new year, new Dynamite. Um, we kind of got some glimpses, of, and I, 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 this is what I was trying to tell you people when I said we saw some glimpses of what the presentation's going to look like um, on BTE uh, when the Young Bucks had shown them filming the ID, uh, the ID shots they did. And I had also seen a little bit. Of the, somebody sent me some of it from um, Full Gear Weekend, and I got to kind of get a glimpse of what it all looked like and what the graphics were going to look like. And, uh, yeah, Rampage is also having its presentation um, lifted as well. They're getting a new stage. Shit looks clean. Uh, and well, I guess it, it's interesting. I, I said this on Day After Dynamite this week. Dynamite and Rampage are two of the newest shows in pro wrestling, but somehow, some way, have the oldest presentation because NXT got a facelift twice since Rampage has launched. Raw's recently gotten a facelift. SmackDown just recently got a facelift. Uh, and all of a sudden, now you look up and you're like, how are the two newest shows the oldest feeling? Um, they have the oldest theme song, they got the oldest graphics. All, except for main event. I take that back. Main event's still the oldest. And I don't know how somebody has just not been paying attention over 10 years. But main event has had the exact same graphics presentation literally since 2012. Mm-hmm. And like same everything intro. I think they changed the theme song in like when the network launched. But other than that, it's like the exact same presentation it's had the whole time. I watched it for, uh, to see um, Kylie Ray, And uh, I rarely ever watch main event. But... Yeah, the, and, and I watched this. Yeah, I saw um, Axiom versus Ali as well this week. That was good stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Reggie Simmons says, thanks for having this space for the cool kids to talk graps and culturally relevant issues. Help make my 2022 yeah, even better. cool kids keep, anymore, buddy. Keep building my brothers. I am, uh, I am a 30-plus uh, guy at this point. I am not at the cool table. <laughs> I was never at the cool table. And uh, I have always been okay with that. And that is like, look, I have been a dad since I was, when was Veda born? Um, I was 23 when she was born. So, like, I have been in big dad energy mode since I was 23. Like, I I don't know. I live for my kids at this point. I'll take all that. Like, I'm at the cool kids' tables now, and I was back then, so fuck all y'all. Holla at the boys. <laughs> Reckless Reg. Yes, Righteous Ridge <laughs> has been out here as as long as you could be out here. Orion Ben says, so how did Cena get out of the Firefly dimension? It's a good question. Nobody no, nobody needs to know, man. Come on. Brett Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Joel says, I stand with Phil on Bray discourse. 
Alexander says, the problem is simple. Fascinating Bray segments meander uh, their way uh, their way to be to bad or straight up damaging Bray matches. Uh, I mean, I, I they rarely equate. Like I, I, I'll say that. Like damaging, they rarely equate. Like what you're getting through the promos is rarely what's produced in the match because all of a sudden you go to these heavily produced things to fireball in the ring, and, right. and so it's hard to to, to even those out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zero Prime says, so Phil and Will, what's opinions on Cheetah versus Hater? That was before we talked about it. But again, it's one of my favorite matches this year. Um, excellent, excellent match. One of the best I, AEW matches of the year. Great main yeah. event. Great main event. I think it was the best women's main event AEW's had. And mm-hmm. I know when I said that on Twitter, people were like, well, what do they had? Like three? And I was like, no, they've actually had like, um, there's been, this was the fifth one on Dynamite. Plus there's been, I think, six on Rampage and then uh, two Battle of the Belts across the board so what this is the was that the 13th time they've main evented overall though i think between all those main events this was the best one uh we've seen and i think you can really start to say that AEW's women's division is in the it's in motion in the right direction and these are things like i said there's still a long ways to go but i think in even knowing that there's a long ways to go um, it's worth acknowledging the progress this year, um, yeah. even in little things like people hated the world, the women's world title belt. Right? Remember how much people hated the the little oval belt that uh, everybody had beforehand, and mm-hmm. they like turned it into. I didn't think about it until Jamie came out this week and was posing with the belt, and I looked at it and I thought that is like the best looking women's world title right now. I think it's a really great looking belt, and it feels like a world title, and that's the thing that like they improved this year that was a piece people complained about uh and they i think they are in a better spot this year than they've been in a long time so yeah yeah great match i i think the current best looking women's title is the iwgp belt personally Mm. it's a good one too i mean of course it is uh i think iwgp belts in general it took a while for the uh men's to grow on me uh just because the they've got the the 2001 was so good. Uh, I agree. Uh, you got, I think it was Jay White. Jay White makes that belt look good, man. Yeah. Right. But for a long time, just looking at that 2000, like I still want that one as a replica. That's the next belt. I think I'm, I'm after as I build my, my second glass case. Uh, KJ Herrera says, Merry Christmas all. Watch every week and appreciate your voices on all topics. What's the one thing in wrestling you guys rem- will remember 2022 for? Mine is discovering indie shows at Nick Wayne's 17th birthday. Reg was right AF. Uh, What's new? I don't know if there's one thing. There's so many things this year. Um, I don't know. Uh, I went to 20 wrestling shows this year. Um, or Wednesday will be my 20th. And so that's honestly just getting to be out there this year is the thing that I will definitely watching wrestling with y'all at the ROH show. Like that's pretty high up there. Like there's been some, some super fun moments we've done for sure. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's an insult. I know people are, are tired of hearing. Um, but I think in a grander scheme, it's an important one. <laughs> which is uh, the biggest lesson should be touch grass. Like, I, and I mean that in the sense that um, just like get out there. And the reason I say that is because I know it's a Dave Chappelle line that people don't like to hear. 
but boy. the line of Twitter is not real is is really important. And the reason I think that's really important is because um, social media tends to live, and I don't just mean this in wrestling, I mean this in life in general. Social media tends to live in a very binary way. Things are either one way or they're the other, and there's not a whole lot of nuance. But when you're interacting with real people, you recognize that there is nuance in human beings. And so I think this year for me, my biggest takeaway is like, there are people I, I see on social media all the time that I don't agree with. And it's easy to just kind of see that I don't agree with them. So therefore, I don't like this person. It's a very easy thing to uh, very easy stance to take. But then I meet these people in person at WrestleMania weekend at things like that. And it's like, nah, this dude is cool as hell. We're it's great. And uh, we had a great vibe just because I don't like their tweets doesn't mean that I don't like them as a human. And that's my lesson to everybody uh, is just get out, get it, get out there. Don't let we're let 280 characters, or I guess it's going to be 4,000 once Elon's done with Twitter. Uh, but don't let 280 characters dictate how you feel about human beings because humans are, are just like you. Um, that, is a, that is a very thoughtful message. And I will say that there is a stern difference between somebody I just don't like and somebody that I just don't like their opinions. And yeah. hey, uh, there are people I don't agree with none of their opinions and I think they're great people. Hey, Louis Dane Gore is great. I think he's cool. Don't agree with a lot of his tweets. But no, there are people that I absolutely <laughs> see on Twitter that I do not like. And if I see them in person, it's the same energy. Sorry. <laughs> like, um, to, to piggyback on what Will was saying, uh, my moment is WrestleMania week. My, my moment is Wale Mania. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, and I granted, I, I don't think any, between the four of us, I don't think anybody ever thought we had like any real problem. But no, it was great seeing y'all. Um, if anybody knows me, I'm like, the biggest fan of everybody else. Like I, I really am just like, I want to see black people do dope shit. I love mm. it. And um, that being in that environment, I wish, like Will was saying, I wish everybody with a Twitter account got to be there. And I don't mean interact with anybody because some of you motherfuckers are weird, but <laughs> I wish everybody got to be in that room and see, oh, wrestler, I love and wrestler i don't love because of where they wrestler are friends and they're standing there together and drinking and joking and like normal people and all these people interact and they're actually friends in real life and they don't give a shit about none of this company versus company shit great like mm -hmm. um it was that and also like it was just a to me and i'm probably like reaching too far but it was a flashpoint i think i was in a room with grapsity you know, I was in a room with Ringer and a bunch of other guys, and it's like, oh, we're all about to, we're all about to take off. Like everybody's about to be where they're supposed to be, and um, we just, I think we're on the forefront of this different world and how wrestlers deal with media and what we can give people about wrestling and wrestlers like i think there's a different level of transparency and like we're not telling everybody's business but this thing has ballooned to a place where the people i like as people are also the people making the dopest media shit in the entire world right. and i got to see them and it all happen in real time and everybody's just taken off since then it was great that, that was my moment for sure i got i got to see my guy uh 
Sparks in action with the le- with the leather leather pants. Um, jumping mm-hmm. off. All that damn hair. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. Um, no, yeah. no, nah, nah, it's been a it's been a wild year. That's why I'm like it's 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 tough for me to say one major memory. I mean, I feel like every time we've touched down together, all three of us, it's been kind of special, mm-hmm. and it's been like weird. Like it, I, I swear, we go places sometimes, and I'm like, what is happening right now? It's like, what all is right. this? Um, mm-hmm. No, nah, but it's, it's been great. It's been a great year. Yes, I was gonna say, Reg, did you have anything? Or is that- oh yeah, I thought uh, I thought I had said something, but uh, yeah, pretty much all those moments being in Vegas, we did that. We haven't even talked about the podcast we did live in Vegas in that beautiful million in Blue Wire Studio. Studio. Shout out Blue Wire Studio. Shout out Blue Cole. Wire. Yeah, so Great cool. Stuff. I got lost before I was supposed to go there, and it was stressful, but we made it happen. Yeah, just like all those moments like that of like us being out well when will and i went to the the revolution fan fest thing and there's people stopped yelling like hey Grapsity, like blah 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 yelling all these things stopping to take pictures with us it's just like what you have to perform at an AEW concert that thing yeah like there's so many things i got to perform at that AEW concert on you had your theme music play in an arena that you were in yeah like it's just like and it's not just a small arena like t-mobile arena sold out yeah, and, and right to, I, again, I talked about this on Ask Rapsy. That's still one of my favorite memories. Watching one of my guys succeed is seeing mm-hmm. you across the arena. I wasn't even sitting by Reg, but I right. knew where Reg was sitting. Literally ten thousand people in this building. I see Reg across right. the way going nuts <laughs> at his song being played uh, yeah. in the building, and, and Phil sitting right here next to me. Like it's just like, just like how do we how do we get here, man? This is yeah. nuts. This is crazy. This is a beautiful dream. Yeah, uh, it's been great. Dream Ninja seventy seven says Electra Lopez greater than Nikita Lyons. Yeah, we know oh, that. Yeah. Who uh, who who was challenging you on that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I understand just being right about stuff, but nobody was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Brent Lockman says, Merry Christmas, evil gentlemen. Can't wait to see what 2023 looks like for you guys and wrestling in general, because this year felt like a fever dream at times. Did. Uh, let's see. Joseph. Corell says, what makes a wrestling family royalty? Oh, because uh, I suppose they have more than one royal uh, family. Actually, wrong guys on that. Um, I mean, I guess if wrestling does have one Bloodline. royal fa- family, like how many royal families actually are there? Right. Like, as a matter of fact, if Roman does get the feud with Cody this year, that is like the statement you challenge That's him on. Of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, they do have more than one royal family. Us. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, so either way, I want to read a couple of the Humper Chats and then get us out of here. Because uh, one of the things I had in the topic list was the bloodline. And I do want to just touch on that uh, just a little bit. But what was the last Humper Chat I read? Uh, let's see, we got the coal in the stocking. Oh, um, let's see. D'Lo asks... Uh, what's up to the four legends? What's your greatest Christmas memory? Mine was when my parents gave us clothes as a gift to me, uh, my twin, and my sister. Uh, we saw they used our old clothes. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what's going yeah, on, bro? Yeah, hand me down. Um, oh, uh, hmm. is there more to this story? Uh, it looks like it got cut off. I can't pull up the rest of it. Mm. I, yeah, I'm very confused as to where is this going? <laughs> where are you going uh, with this, D-Lo? No, I, I will say my greatest Christmas memory 
So I grew up in uh, Los Angeles and then I moved, I won't say grew up because I moved when I was like seven. So I moved to LA, I moved from LA to Denver when I was seven years old. And my oldest brother, the actor, the one who's on Sister, Sister, All of Them shows, obviously he stayed in LA because he had an acting career. And so speaking of which, I just watched this episode of Smart Guy the other day. Great episode. He has been on this podcast. Really weird. Yeah, I know. Yes. He's been on the show. No, I yes. mean, honestly, his episode of Smart Guy is one of the funniest episodes of that show. Mm. Um, and he was due with the fly shirt. Uh, but anyway, so he stayed behind in California because he was an adult already. He's like, look, I'm not leaving California. I've got acting dreams. And so he stayed behind. He had to watch his whole family basically up and move to another state. And we, I didn't see him for two years. Uh, he didn't, uh, you know, he spent those two years basically trying to find every acting role. He was in the parenthood. He was short fuse Ricky. He was on, um, family matters. He did all them shows and he did those over a two year span. And so he finally came out. Let's see, we moved in 94. He came out Christmas 96. And that's my favorite Christmas memory is all of a sudden mm. I saw a very different brother than we left, uh, in California. He went from, uh, you know, guy who two bedrooms away from me uh to all of a sudden like nah he's a hollywood actor and mm. so he when he came out christmas 96 um that's my favorite christmas memory is just having him back in the house again but it it was different it was like all of a sudden he's not the same um he we're in the grocery store and people are stopping him going like you look just like this dude who was on uh family matters but you're not him because uh, you're just some dude walking around Colorado. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, nah, that, that, that was me. And they're like, gosh. <laughs> you, you realize that that is a sitcom trope, right? The, yeah. the cast member that goes away for a few seasons and then comes back mm-hmm. with like different experience. That is a mm-hmm. fucking sitcom trope. Well, and, so, and the funny thing too was watching. So I, I obviously being from Los Angeles, I never saw snow till I got to Colorado. My brother was much older, and he had never experienced snow one time in his life. And so when he came to visit us in Colorado in 96, I remember just watching him. He was just staring out the window just at Christmas, just watching snowfall because he had never seen it before. And this is a man in his 20s just like, damn, snow. what is this? And he is just staring out the window. I remember he was just looking, at the, just sitting on the couch, just staring out the window. And that was a good memory. That's my favorite memory growing up of Christmas. What about you guys? Uh, favorite christmas memory i think mine is also connected to uh super nintendo funny enough uh that was the year that my mom was like there's no like i brought this there's no secrets like this is like no santa no none of that shit like a black mama mate got this for you and every time she would get a gift she would bring she would show it to me she wouldn't hide she'd be like this is what you're getting blah 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 and it was like some dope shit super nintendo uh this one time they had this like this domino setup thing where you could set up dominoes and knock them down dr dreadful it was lit that christmas like she was showing me all the super dope shit and then like it all just came true christmas morning and i got the super nintendo and i'm playing this game and my mom is just like successfully achieved christmas as a single black mom and it was just great 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 moments to like and I think about it, thinking about it now, like her being a single mom and getting all that shit and Christmas is expensive and she made it happen like that. The triumph of Mia Morrison killing it out here is a great Christmas memory for me. Uh, 
I think I think the year that uh, I I I think most kids had that one year that they found the the, the Christmas gifts before that they were wrapped, mm-hmm. and that year finding the gifts and being like, oh man, let me let me try to see if I can open it enough to play <laughs> with it, and then close it back and then put it back in a hiding mm-hmm. spot, um, and then coming back and it was gone because my dad. <laughs> Um, towards the end of me, my mom and dad's uh, relationship is some of the most awkward and funny moments ever. Um, mm-hmm. My dad bringing all the gifts home in a big box and then putting them in the middle of the basement floor and going, why did I put them in the basement? The kids don't go in the basement. I was like, it's like literally like sitting just <laughs> in the middle of the basement. Like it's not it. covered by anything. I can see it right there. It has toys in it. <laughs> so just that seeing that and then, opening gifts and go, oh, yeah, I already saw this. And my mom finding out that we found the gifts and that turning into what I thought was a funny argument, which was a real argument. Yeah, yeah, I just, some of that stuff from that Christmas was great. I think that was the year I got the uh, Batman Command Center where you could put the Bruce Wayne toy in there. And you flip it and it's Batman. I had that Batman Returns. I had that too. It was just, yeah, it came with the Batmobile. It was awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my uh, my best friend passed away last year. Um, we would always, wherever we lived, we'd always you know, come home for Christmas and do a bunch of hanging out. So um, one year, he and I, uh, we went to this local bar, and we're there, we're hanging out. And this is like literally Christmas Eve turning into Christmas Day. So we're hanging out. See a girl we went to high school with. Um, she's with uh, her roommate, I guess. It was this well-endowed redhead Jewish gal. And we all get to talking. Everybody's having a good time. And it's like, hey, the bar's closing soon. What should we do? And they said, hey, you guys should come over. We said, okay. So we got bored and we played strip poker. Mm. And I was the only one who knew how to play poker. So I lost on purpose. Merry (laughs) Christmas and happy Hanukkah. I'm I'm thinking you're gonna come with like this great like kids nope. memory in camp fashion. Hey, I, I will say, um, having uh, a uh, strongly Jewish family uh, and being in the midst of Hanukkah. Last week, I uh, I played a, a dreidel game for the first time. Dude, it's fun. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not where I thought this was no, going. No, right. and, uh, no. So here's the thing. Two, there's two things. One. You had to get naked too? No. No. Uh, no. So two, two things. One. One, no. There was money on the table. Yeah. I lost. And it was the first time that I was maybe starting to consider because only non Jewish man at the table. And I was the first one eliminated. And I was like, they really are the chosen folk, aren't they? Because I'm like, because I'm like I got eliminated. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, no comment. We're, we're, no, yeah. I, I was like, wait, what? The, I was like, what the hell? How did this, this I? This has been Grapsity, uh, Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah, no, I was like, no, I was like, seriously, uh, no, I'm jo- obviously I'm joking, but I was like, nah, fuck all this. Like, how do I get eliminated first? And, and I'm the only non-Jewish guy at the table. Yeah. yeah, and I did. But shout out to my half Jewish kids who won. So um, that's that's how that went, and it was great. And uh, let's see, we also got 
another one from Atlas Earth. He's oh wait, we read that one already. Uh, but we did get this one from Joseph Snurk. It just says Chekhov's tickets. Uh, we got this one from Joseph Corre, uh, who says, "What's up, y'all? Who do you think will get called up first between Mello and Braun?" That's an interesting question, right? Because I think Braun is obviously closer to being done with the NXT Championship, and I think Mello deserves a run with that belt. But I think between the two of them, who's more ready? It's Mello. Mello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of think. I kind of think Melo's going to come up first, and he's not going to get the NXT title reign. Um, I want him to get it, though. Uh, but I feel like Melo's going to come up first. Yeah. I mean, I think he's the guy. Like, looking at the landscape right now, he, to me, is the guy to dethrone Braun. I but mm-hmm. uh, it's, I don't know. Who else is I there? think in a good way, um, and, and also, like, with speaking with him, he's very tied to Trick in that, like mm-hmm. he understands that that was the thing that not got him over, but that added so much to his character. They really do bounce ideas creatively. Like he understands like the sauce that Trick being next to him gives him. And so I think that I agree that Mello is more ready. Um, I think Braun gets called up first because I also think that Mello's progress is where he needs to be, but I think they're going to work a bit more with Trick too. I think mm-hmm. when you think Trick is ready, that's when you should expect Melo to come up. I think Melo and Trick deserve like a top of the card run, though, as far as like Melo as NXT champion. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like I said, if if Braun losing the title means that he's done with NXT, then the answer is Braun. Um, right. But as far as who is more ready right now, I think it's Melo. Right. Uh, now we got a couple more questions. Uh, Van Twinblade says first, Evans is pure. Uh, pure honky and all she is uh wait all she shit is cringe <laughs> as fuck okay Not pure honky um uh secondly camaro jackson versus jake something and 2d versus uh kylie Ree have been announced uh and says january 7th uh, for january 7th wrestle apocalypse at del mar hall tickets still available thank you van twin blade nice. always Shout keeping out to jake posted. something that's my dog yeah oh, totally man. uh Christian Ramos says, Happy Holidays, Grap City. I deadass thought Grandin was Madman Fulton from Impact. I think Big Zeke, Ezekiel Jackson, would have been a perfect pairing. Parker fits, but he is green AF. Rosé as a manager is gold. Do you think the goons change every week? Um, I mean, look, I don't know if you saw Parker's Twitter back on November 28th, but he's been kind of hyping that he was going to be a part of uh, Mogul Affiliates for a while. Uh, since back at Thanksgiving. Um, so that was what I was saying, what I was kind of hinting at when I was like, it's out there if you're paying attention to who is going to be with Swerve. Uh, let's see. Pablo says, Happy holidays. Grap City joining late and just have to say, you all had an incredible year with some of my favorite interviews. Most improved AEW on screen talent of the year? Question mark. Um, most improved? Most improved. It's not that he wasn't good, but I think people didn't know he was good. But I think the answer for me is Wheeler Yuta. I think Wheeler mm. didn't get to show um, any of what he had to offer while he was with best friends. And then this year, he got to really go out there and prove who he is. Yeah, I think kind of along those same lines, Ethan Page. Like, Ethan Page is not bad, but I think he's just gotten the chance to show that. He's Ethan mm. Page, and he can really do it out here. 
Yeah, I think it. I think it's Ricky Stark by a mile. I think Stark. Ricky Stark this year has like improved leaps and bounds from where he was at the beginning of this year. I mean, even when you think of like his his turn and how they put the title on Hook and just how well executed that was, all that stuff with Max. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Ricky Stark. Mm-hmm. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also follows up by saying, uh, for Grap City, love this Willow, uh, this Ruby Willow buddy cop tag team idea on Rampage. I think they could elevate each other, and it gives me more hope for a women's tag division. Excited mm-hmm. to attend the Denver show next week and then the new set and graphics next year. It should be really interesting to see what the set and graphics look like. Um, Tony really sounded like he doesn't want to overpromise on that. He's like, at the end of the day, it's still set, and the show's mm-hmm. going to be the same. Um, but yeah, you guys will see. Uh, fam says, love the show, guys. As an Orlando Magic fan, I'm still mad that they didn't let Duncan's wife on the plane. Uh, we could have had Tracy McGrady, Tim Duncan, and Grant Hill. Tracy McGrady also could have been a Chicago Bull. I don't know if people know that. Mm-hmm. It changed like that's that's a story that like you know it if you know it, but it just changed the trajectory of the NBA for like a decade. Like it right. really did. Um, so many things have been different if they just stop being shysty with. And again, this is like what. Is this 04 Tim Duncan? It's either 04 or 06, but either way, it's Tim Duncan at the peak of his powers. Right. Like shopping around. You don't give that man everything that he wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing about Grant Hill and wives, because Tamia, like, was a, I will say, I probably still to this day listen to um, uh, I'm So Into You, probably like, three times a week it's definitely like a part that, that of is, that is some light skin shit right there this fits your character to it to look a, i have you know me i mr. am mr r&b i uh, yeah dad. you know me i am r&b dad and that is uh the, both my kids know that song quite well uh, as soon as that first note hits, Veda jumps up and she's like, I think you're <laughs> truly something special. Like, mm-hmm. all my kids know it. And, Do you uh, think in their prenup it says, I get to sing the Canadian National Anthem at every All-Star game until you retire? Yes. <laughs> they, was bring, they was bringing her out, boy. She didn't have nothing on the radio. <laughs> the <laughs> she didn't have nothing on the radio. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know dope. somebody, um, but yeah, Magic has definitely fumbled the bag more than once. Fumbling it with Shaq and uh, having all of those guys come through there a few years ago, like Vucevic and like all these guys, and not being able to make that work. I mean, the Dwight Howard years, boy, it's got to be uh, a little depressing being a Magic fan. <laughs> Did Jonathan Simmons give them their money back? That was my man too. They, it, somebody lied. He was putting up what six points a game, and they were like, "We're gonna turn them into something." I ain't seen that boy since. Matter I mean, fact, yeah, they they probably got rookie of the year on that team right now because I mean, yeah. And look, Bowl Bowl is. Um, I mean, granted, you know, I I wanted to hold on to Bowl Bowl, but I knew they were never gonna play him the way they should have. And this, what do I have to complain about? Though Nuggets are still number one. Uh, and, uh, yo, I, I mean, saw yo. I saw um, just this last season. I saw Jokic play in person. I've never been more impressed. And this is Incredible. not backhanded at all. I, I've never seen somebody who does not run fast or jump high dominate a basketball game. No, like are you kidding me? I, I it's so look, impressive. As a diehard Nuggets fan, it is important for people to know that 
Jokic looks like somebody who should not be good at any of what he's good at. Like he looks like somebody who just like plays pickup ball at your local gym. But mm-hmm. I swear, everything goes in. So what is it? Oh, who's to argue it? it not, none of it is pretty, but it works. It, he's, it, I was blown away. I saw him and Giannis within like two weeks from each other. And of course, Giannis is Giannis, but it was just like, these two dominate this game in totally different ways, but it is, it's masterful to see, man. Jokic is dope. I just, yeah. I want Jokic to have a playoff run. That's really what I'm looking for because he hasn't had that yet. He's had all these regular season runs. Um, he's probably on track to get the Jordan trophy again, but. Well, tell uh, Mega Michael Red to act right and maybe you'll get there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. Jokic is, is one of those guys like Steph Curry that are like anime characters where they do all these incredible things that it doesn't look like they should be able to do. And when you look at the guy of this era and LeBron and how he is like this freak athlete and he's and he's been beaten by this guy that shoots threes well three times. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And not to downplay what Steph does. He's not just a great three-point shooter. But still, just to pick that guy out of the bunch to be the guy that beat him three times is wild. Is right. Steph still hurt? Yeah. 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 Right. But you mean humble, uh, lives off humility, uh, meek Steph Curry? Yeah. <laughs> the worst nigga ever. And, like, I mean, it's not LeBron's fault he's a great, big, dark nigga. But the worst narrative that the NBA has ever produced is that LeBron is some type of, of arrogant, all about himself person, and Steph Curry is Whoa. humble and cares about. Oh the team. no! It's like I, no, he's a beige, arrogant sharpshooter, which is great. I love it. Are, are we saying that LeBron's not, not arrogant though? Is he arrogant? Oh, you can still be arrogant and great at what you do. Like it, the arrogance still ex- exists. When you shoot a three, very much turn your back totally and stare at the other team. It's arrogant. <laughs> well, of course, uh, of course. Uh, but I love no. it. Like, I'm, not, I'm not mad at that. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Like, not... If you do not like someone's arrogance, stop them from doing the thing that they are exactly. And yeah. until stop it. Hey, ride it. Ride mm-hmm. that out. He's great. Uh, let's see. Last two uh, on the chat functions we got my leg says listening on a delay right now but i think people with wrestlers in their avi are typically the worst people to interact with online just disingenuous conversation the only thing that like really throws me off in that regard is men with female avatars uh because Mm -hmm. i'm just like um i don't know It, it throws me off because it's like i know you're just like a sasha fan and not necessarily it throws me off every time i'll be like damn who is that oh it's yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. real ripley again mm-hmm. yeah speaking of which uh <laughs> real ripley beating up on um like a cu- last couple of notes so we're done with super chats and humper chats for the day thank you everybody that was a good amount of them appreciate uh, for today's show we appreciate everybody who donated a super chat this week um really quick Couple of things from Raw, and then we're out of here. Rhea Ripley beating Akira Tozawa. Look, I love Tozawa, but that shit was great. That was great. That I think he's was... having a ball right now. It looks like it looked like yeah. they were about to write him off. And then they're like, "No, we can use you in like eight different ways." It was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah, I I love that they're letting him wrestle again. Um, I think that the stuff he's doing now is great. We got blonde hair, Tozawa back. We got that great GIF of him doing the 
I don't care. That is mm. one of the best things he's done on the main roster. <laughs> uh, and yeah, no, Rhea's on a on a great run. I feel like she looks like uh, the badass Rhea that we wanted uh, a few years ago. That kind of got like hindered by the Charlotte win at WrestleMania. Um, so I'm excited for. Her. I'm excited for her going into Royal Rumble. I, I think though that her beating up on men is gonna get really over, and I think it's the thing. I don't think that this was the intended goal for her, but I can very much see this being a thing fans are going to want more and more of. Look, mm-hmm. Denise uh, yesterday on After the Week had pitched the idea that the end goal needs to be Rhea Ripley versus Omos, and I'm kind of sold on it. I like it. <laughs> like, like she it just like the people need to get bigger and bigger and bigger with mm-hmm. each person that like each time we encounter it, and then next year at WrestleMania, it's the ultimate matchup Rhea Ripley takes on Omos mm-hmm. I like uh, it. yeah yeah she should she should definitely pop up in a men's rumble that that yeah yeah um and then also I thought that the use of the bloodline this week was uh some genius stuff I thought that using them kind of NWO style beating up people behind the scenes and everybody behind the scenes or everybody backstage needing to essentially form an alliance uh against the bloodline because the bloodline's out of control that's the kind of stuff i love to see i love to see things threaded throughout shows um and this was a great way to do that what did you guys think of all of that um i thought my guy said what i've been saying for weeks that why roman's still ducking me give Rollins the rematch man like <laughs> stop stop all of this the, yo he was male superstar of the year and he's wrestled what 10 matches this year meanwhile Rollins has been killing it give it'll be rematch, 11 bro. on Friday give, give him his rematch bro like stop stop this nonsense man I know people are like Cody should be the guy to beat him but nah give Rollins his rematch man the real question is any of you guys getting a my dogs t-shirt no no I'll send, I'll send somebody a $20 bill somewhere but I'm good <laughs> Straight up. No, I'm not. No, but take my money directly. No, I'd I'd love gang warfare and pro wrestling though, and I thought that you know, as it seems to be kind of hinting and inching toward a reuniting of uh, the hurt business, uh, which seems to be on the right track. My only worry there is, are they just being reunited as fodder for the bloodline? Because if so, I'm not as into that. But mm-hmm. if they can go on a bit of a dominant run, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, the idea that uh, Triple H has fumbled Austin Theory is ridiculous. I think Theory's in the best, most watchable spot that he's that he's been in. I like him having an I edge agree. to him. Yeah. I love the way that he ducked on Seth. Like, he didn't hit Seth and run. Like, I thought that. He just slid out. Yeah. Yeah, just slid out and let him, let him do his thing. You know, he got a semblance of a beard going. You know, he's doing his thing, man. Um, no, I agree. Uh, beard beard theory is much better than uh, cheesy goatee theory any day of the week. He looks like uh, Willy yes. Willy when they cut his goatee like that. Like you could just take the eyebrows and you can switch them and put them at. Yeah, no, beard is good. Beard is good. Yeah, beard like is very it. good. But I mean, yeah, just I don't know. Just make this guy baby face. He, I mean, I know it was his hometown, but he acted like a baby face throughout that entire segment. It, even theory turn le- turning and leaving on him. That was all baby face stuff. And, mm-hmm. and even him teaming with KO, KO's a baby face now. Just make Rouse a, KO, a, a baby face, man. Like, what are we waiting on? Right. Well, everybody, this has been a really long edition of Grapsity. <laughs> and that's usually the case. I meant to warn Cam of that, that when we have I'm one extra... I say that every week. <laughs> well, no, because what it is is when we have one extra person talking, that's... Yeah. 
more time like if we're all getting our voices in at some point it's gonna be a longer show uh but i appreciate everybody who joined us this week i appreciate everybody joined us this year we still got one more show to go this year we will be here new year's eve uh please check out the interview that as it drops on monday as grab city interviews tony khan um if you haven't checked out some of our other interviews we just interviewed ej and duca this week um we also had an interview drop with willow nightingale that's still one of my favorites we've done this year um we've got one dropping with veda scott here soon uh just lots of great stuff and i think we had a great year of interviews in general uh you you think i mean just you know, just gonna casually say that as we're getting ready to drop our biggest interview ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, but even no, so, you know, we had we had champions on the show, right? We had uh, Swerve appeared on the show twice: once as a free agent, once as uh, AEW World Tag Team Champion. We had Jade Cargill, the TBS champion, on the show with the TBS title. Um, it was all great stuff. We had uh, it was a good year for interviews. And I think the only way to look at having a great year of interviews is to top it next year. For sure. Uh, But yeah, shout out to EJ. I think EJ is great. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that interview is really good as well. People should check that one out. Um, Yeah. uh, Looking forward to doing more interviews next year. Yes. But we're going to. You should, um, you watching and listening and watching this back on replay. You should probably read the ringer.com on Wednesday. You just should. Um, um, I love to see my guys hitting hitting their stride and hitting their peak. I may peak on Wednesday. So just are you are you interviewing the Miz? Um hopefully. I mean, the only thing that happens people will watch it. Um, yeah, if I, if I do that with the Miz, it'll definitely get views and, and nothing bad will happen to me afterward. Um, and, and the right type of people, the ones who actually spend money will take a look at that. So that would be great. Um, that the Miz is not in my list of people, but Wednesday, you should maybe check that out. Um, yeah, just Wednesday. Um, I like this because I've been trying to get this chant going for a long time, but James Zimmerman said Donkey Kong stop rap style TK Tony Khan. I remember you TK. telling us about this. Tony Khan is here. Yeah, you know what? That's uh <laughs> Tony Khan is here. Uh, I mean bringing it back around to Donkey Kong Country. Folks, this has been Grap City. I hope you have Merry Christmas. I hope you get to enjoy your families this week, or at least I hope you get to just chill and just relax uh, and have a great, great holiday. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Cam, anything you want to plug one last time? Um, Yeah. Look, I talked about Wednesday. Um, My very last episode of the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast will be this coming Wednesday. 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. It's going to be our best of AEW and WWE 2022 episode. I've had an amazing 10-plus year run um, with the East Coast cast in the torch. Um, you know, new opportunities necessitate newness. Um, so, yeah, we're we're doing different things in, in 2023. We're expanding. We're growing. Um, but had a great run. Happy to close it out um, the right way. So, yeah, East Coast cast. Uh, next week, if you're on my Twitch, my Twitter, my YouTube, or just eastcoastcast.com, you will hear that uh, next Wednesday evening. And again, um, you should probably check the ringer.com 
next Wednesday, early Wednesday morning, I'm sure it'll be fun. Yeah. For Righteous Reg, Phil Lindsay, Cam Hawkins, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Merry Christmas, y'all.